0: At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them?
1: So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can share movies. Like friends do.
2: There's always room for more movie friends.
0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
2: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's
1: room.
0: Hello and welcome to Pop Writers Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Pop Writers John, as well as Nash. Hello, hello. We write for CivPop.com for movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. Make sure to check out CivPop.com to keep up with all of that. Plenty of good stuff on there uh, recently with the recent wave of massive television shows ending and entering blockbuster season for movies and all that good stuff. Plenty of good stuff. Uh, going on on the website this week, um, but on the show on the podcast, we're going to talk about coming attractions. A couple of movies coming out this week. We'll kind of uh, gauge how excited we are about them coming out, and uh, we'll um, uh, when we're done with that, we'll talk about SIF uh, topic this week. We're crossing two more movies off of my watch list: Lion and High Fidelity. Um, this was actually the first uh, matchup that I paired together um, when I was like putting the the thing together because. Um, I want to make sure I got this right. One of you had Lion at number one, and one of you had Lion at number two. Um, And it was like almost a no-brainer to just put them together because you had both highly had this on the list. I think, or maybe I it have High Fidelity. Um, I definitely had Lion. That's uh let's see. I've got the I've got the document right here with your initials. Nash, you said uh your three in picks. So this would have been the last one. High fidelity number one, lion number two, and the American president number three. Um uh, that was your suggestions. Yeah, it's been a year. Um Yeah, I was like, I I I forgot I for requested those. All right, yep, my bad. <laughs> and uh and John, you had uh put North by Northwest as number one, uh, which I uh was thinking we might save for a goats episode and then lion at number two. So the fact that you both have lion at number two, oh, that's okay. what did it. And because I kind of like internally wrote off North by Northwest, like, so anyway, I just wanted you guys to know this was the first pairing that got made. I was like, that makes sense. Here we go. Boom, boom. Okay, cool. And, uh, that's what happened. So, um, yeah. Um, so here we are finally getting to talk about these two movies and we'll do a B plot that we came up with what? Five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Six quick minutes ago. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're calling it oddball biopics Wishlist, Just with the release of *Flaming Hot*, what are some other, you know, if they announced a a movie coming out about this particular story or or whatever, that you'd be like, okay, maybe I could get behind that. Um, and uh, and then we'll do the spinoff. Re- quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, let's get a chance to talk with John and Ash for a little bit, guys. Um, John brought this question, uh, forward, and I thought this would be a good discussion. John wanted to know because if you can't tell by now, John is a resident of the UK. Um, John wanted to know if with the rise of popularity with things like um, uh, Ted Lasso and then the welcome to Wrexham, um, the show and just the fact that Ryan Reynolds megastar is a, is a part-time owner of a football club. Um, John wanted to know if he think, if we think that soccer is more popular in the States, John, I'm curious, what do you think your perception is as a non? Well, the, the reason why
2: I sort of, uh, started to think about this is because I follow like American sports media and social feeds, uh, sports feeds, excuse me, Um, and previous World Cups that there have been, uh, the feedback from like the American media and certainly American fans is like, oh, it's that one time every four years we have to pretend we care about soccer. And then when the USA team is knocked out, they're like, oh, thank God that's over with. But uh, the response I was seeing at the World Cup uh, last winter (laughs) in Qatar. Uh, was actually much more enthusiastic. Was much more like, "Oh, they're playing really well. Oh, we, we got a draw against England. Isn't that brilliant?" So even though that was such a boring game, uh, and then even when they got knocked out, say, like, "Oh, well, they've they've still done really well." You know, I, I can't even remember who knocks you out, but uh, they were saying, "You know, oh, we went toe to toe with one of the best teams in the in the world." So it was it was much more enthusiastic about the sport of soccer. I thought from from the American media and the, the fans that, that they were much more keen to see the team do well. And I'm wondering if maybe. The popularity of Ted Lasso uh, and you know Ryan Reynolds owning Wrexham now has uh, has played a part in that at all.
0: Nash, what do you think?
2: It's really fascinating because this
1: is the type of discussion that I actually have all the time. Um, I think it has, um, but I, I don't think the needle is moving a ton right now. I think that I think as soon as like Ted Lasso is over, I think that it'll. Um, I think that it's it's convinced a lot of younger populations specifically so I think that the wave will be coming in 10 15 20 years I think at that point because even like you met you use those two two examples I know across the board like Nat- Natalie portman owns like a women's soccer team like it is growing in the states um and I think it is partially because of celebrity endorsements and um fun shows I just think that there's such a lack of history with soccer that like or <laughs> football um that i think we're still probably 15 20 years down the road from it really being like a big kind of money maker in the North in the north american like in the states because the entrenched sports viewers are not converted yet i think it's the youth that is being converted and they have to get yeah, to adults need history, definitely. but i think mm-hmm. we're getting there cuz i love i love soccer i've loved soccer for years oh wow
0: cool <laughs> this is yeah i don't know how equipped i am to answer cuz i'm not like really a soccer fan like even when i like see like things like Ted Lasso and I've watched a, a bit of Welcome to Wrexham like I don't watch it for the sport and even then like it's the sport shot cinematically and um and like very intense and very edited down and all that so it's like all right cool that was fun like I'm not watching yeah, the you full you definitely don't need to be a fucker fan to watch um, Ted Lasso you know and yeah yeah and that's and that's I think that's part of the reason why um uh man if anything I think the show would have been way more popular if it was about a different sport um. Although it would, it would have completely like lost a lot of the charm that the that the that the thing had, and a lot of the good comedy elements. But like, I think there were a lot of people that were like, "I don't want to watch the soccer show." I was that way. Um, and then I started. I was like, "Oh, it's kind of about soccer, but it's not really." Um, yeah. so. I don't know. I feel like Nash is right, where it's like I think it is growing a little bit, but I don't think it's growing anywhere near as drastically some other sports in the in the country right now. Like, and maybe maybe Nash, you've noticed this, or maybe it's just my Twitter circle or whatever. I don't know, but I feel like F one has become a lot more popular in the last two or three years. I think you, a lot of that's due you guys to like uh, now. the I've Jeremy Clarkson here. stuff. Is uh, Texas and Miami? I have no idea, because um, I've I've not gotten on the F one bandwagon because I know when I do, it'll just consume all my time um i'm also not like a big racing person in general like right like does that feel right for you nash like f1's growing a bit i think a lot of it's because of that like you know the grand tour stuff and and whatnot like you plus popularity like fast and furious and stuff like
1: that i also think they just like there's a couple like bona fide like stars like celebrities now (laughs) almost um that are coming from the field that i think are drawing some attention um so yes i would i would say that much more than like in the past, I'm noticing people who are like being converted to. This is a cool sporting subculture that is mm-hmm. pretty big.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think soccer's growing a little bit. I think F one's growing a little bit more than that. And this could be total bias, but I feel like hockey is the fastest growing sport in the states right now. Ice hockey. Is that and I could be wrong about
2: that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does seem to be growing. Right? I,
0: that is not my perspective, but <laughs> that's well. I just like. Again, as, as somebody who follows it a lot, like, I mean, Seattle just got an expansion team. And so, and that, and, and not only that, but Seattle started really well, they're only in their second season and made it like two rounds deep into the, into the finals. So like, or into the playoffs. So it's like Seattle starting and doing well, and it's part owner, it's partly owned by Marshawn Lynch. Um, so again, celebrity ownership and whatnot, but he's more so a face than actually anything important. Um, you know um uh vegas got a team about five six years ago and they're in the fa- stanley cup finals right now they're as we're recording this they're up one zero like um in a best of seven and winner takes all um so and, and they're talking about doing another expansion team here soon and um they're talking about potentially relocating arizona but so it's just like they've expanded a lot over the years and i just feel like the sport has grown a lot um yep compared to where that was 10, 15, 20 years ago there there's, um, I, I I've definitely noted, And again, this is just me being totally biased. Like I've, def- I definitely noticed it a lot more in pop culture stuff. Like I notice, um, wait, I noticed like, a, um, a, somebody's wearing a hockey Jersey or a baseball cap with a, ho- uh, with a, with a hockey logo on it instead, you know, like, um, you know, just it, it's all, it's been around a decent amount, but like, I feel okay. like it's been around a lot more. Um, like you would always get Clark Griswold walking around the house with the, with his Chicago Blackhawks sweater in a uh, Christmas oh, vacation. But
1: like or Kevin Smith in general, wearing a hockey jersey. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Kevin Smith in general, um, you know, Adam Sandler kind of a lot too. Um, especially in his early days, like happy Gilmore, Ooh, happy Gilmore, but yeah, just his early days, um, all that kind of stuff. But I f- yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's been a lot more popular. Yeah. Um, and it's, maybe it's just my perspective as somebody who follows the sport a little bit more so can kind of see. But I think they're, yeah, I mean, tap, tapping into Seattle and, and Vegas were really know. good okay. the sport. I think it's going to continue. I think um, I, I think they really want to get a team in Houston next. And if they get into Houston, it'll be huge.
2: Yeah, a lot of so. people in Texas to attract.
0: Well, and there's our, there's a, only one team right now in Dallas. Um, and there's a minor league team in San Antonio. But there's nothing in Austin or um, Houston. And Houston's like a top five populous city in country and it's again hockey is working in dallas right now so um why not houston hockey is working right now in florida if hockey can work in in arizona you can
2: have it pretty much anywhere
0: (laughs) yeah although they're probably not gonna be there much longer but um the The funny thing um (laughs) is um anyway so i guess i'm just biased there i don't know i just feel like it's growing but i feel like hockey was such a like Nobody watched it until, like, the 2000s. Oh, okay. And now it's not uncommon to...
2: I was not even really aware hockey was much of a sport there for a long time.
0: Nash and I also live, like, halfway across the country from each other, so... (laughs) And in very, like, culturally different regions, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's... Honestly, that's the thing that blows my mind the most sometimes, because you're talking about all this stuff, and I'm like, you're right, but... It's almost like we live in totally different <laughs> spheres yeah. sometimes because the Pacific Northwest, I think, is really far b- behind. Like athletics-wise, like being from up here, there's just like not a ton of. That's what's actually crazy is the Portland Timbers, which is our, t- which is our soccer team, and Seattle as like a, one of the MLS teams team as make, well. Like they actually have more fans. Yeah, they they have more fans than. Um, the NBA team that's up here. I mean, Seattle lost their NBA team in the late 2000s, like the team that had Kevin Durant on it. And like, um, so it's kind of crazy, though, like, because I think that's just the different areas of the country. And that, and it makes you realize that, like, oh, oh crap. Okay. Well, the United States is actually huge. And they have all the money. Um, yeah. But that, that was yeah. uh, the other thing I would say. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, sorry. Sorry. Finish what you're saying. Sorry. sorry Nash. Go ahead. Okay. The other thing no, I no, would go to say that was is just, uh, that was there's just... actually – Yes, uh, British sports money. fans that are kind of concerned about how much Americans are taking interest in it because you guys have all the money. So if you guys wanted to, you could just put all your money into the national side, and then you would be winning everything. I think because the women's team is already the by far the best team in the world.
0: I mean, I mean, I feel like yeah. that's what they've been trying to do, right? But like yeah. they just can't get us interested, right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like I have never seen or had interest in seeing or never even once thought about going to a chicago fire game like um and they are pretty decent some years from what i understand i don't know uh, they're like i think they're like all chicago teams where they're either terrible or incredible yeah i,
2: I must try and check out some mls yeah. at some anyway. point um see how that differs
0: yeah so i, I think no i think if i think absolutely that's the ownership's mind is if they can if they can get people behind it and i think ted lasso helped them but I don't. I don't know that it's going quite as well as they want. I mean, obviously they're still. Yeah, we have we have all
2: but... the American owners over um, here. Like uh, obviously the Glazers uh, with Manchester United. And, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, who's the other big one? Uh, the the guy that owned, uh, I think, the Steelers also owns Aston Villa. I think he's the other, the other big name. But yeah, there's a lot of owners uh, uh, mm. of soccer teams that are American.
0: So so all of the so Ryan Reynolds and, Ma- and uh, Rob McElhenney just decided. You know, there's yeah, no money in possibly. American football. Let's go to. In, 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 in owning an American soccer club. Um, anyway. Um, cool. Um, well, let's move on then. I think that was a good question. Good starter. Uh, I wanted to give you guys a chance if you uh, wanted to. I've been asking everybody since I so openly shared my movie collection with you guys. You get a chance to uh, roast me. And I specifically said roast because I want to feel pain for your movie collection. <laughs> it's no fun if people compliment you. It's no fun if you're if if it's just like that. It's fun when it's fun when 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 you can when you can make me hurt and laugh.
2: No, I don't like making people hurt. Uh, boom. yeah, sorry.
0: The pop community is too nice.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to, be imple- to be completely, to be sorry, to be completely mm-hmm. honest, I it's impressive that you have all those things, and it's mm-hmm. understandable that you haven't seen a lot of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you and I Work are similar. Yeah, you and I are of similar age and I've scrolled through and I've seen a lot that you haven't, but also you've seen things that I haven't. So I was just like, I don't know. And you're married.
2: <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. impressed how much is on like, I don't mm-hmm. have that. I, I
0: would not so, even I have mean, the time to put together a list that long, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I put it together when I was single and then it's just easy to put it together when when you have more free time and then uh, and then you can just keep up with it. So if I buy a movie, it's, it's on my table. I put it in the dock okay. and then it goes in the shelf. So. okay well
1: on sorry word. the worst roast of all time uh you're actually no. super
0: impressive aaron yeah. no i think there's been a couple roasts that have been worse on that the ones that comedy central puts on some of those but but um let's move on i have one random question for you guys i'm pretty sure i asked this on the podcast before but whatever it's a revolving door where 156 episodes in at this point some of them are bound to be repeated i gotta know is a hot dog a sandwich no yes. i'm gonna say because it is made from one bit of bread
2: yes not two
1: there are whole sandwich shops that you can go and buy one from one piece of bread. Are you are
0: you talking about subs? Is that a sandwich? Yeah, which is a sandwich. Or Is that a sub? Okay, that's a submarine sandwich. It's a yeah oh, it's, sandwich oh, is a like submarine sub, sandwich. Then. That's a good point. Okay, a hot dog is a submarine. I can, sandwich. I can get behind that. I think
1: I look at sandwich as like the like the parent, and then there's like it like it trees off, and there's like an open like of, an open
0: face sandwich. What? No, 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 I mean, no, like, no.
1: The, the, the category of sandwich enca- in, encapsulates a lot of different things. Sure. Like, you know, because, like, an ice cream sandwich is, like, what's the...
0: Oh, good point. That's a good point. Yeah,
1: that, that doesn't have, like, that doesn't have meat, bread, that doesn't have bread, that doesn't no, But we call it an ice cream sandwich, so it's just, like, I think a sandwich is just, like, a modifier. And so I think a hot dog,
2: sure, it's kind of a sandwich. <laughs> okay, it, it's a sub. I, I'll, I'll give you that. It's a Subway sandwich. I'm gonna go into Subway now, and I'm gonna order a hot dog. <laughs> i
0: throw it in your face.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: What do you think, Aaron? I think it is like I'm. I'm trying to think of any reason why it wouldn't be right. Like a sandwich is just bread, meat. But but as you mentioned, Nash, like uh, you know, even ice cream sandwiches. But there's no bread in there. I mean, there obviously there's gluten, but like, no, it's not. It's it's ice cream with two pieces of what? Do you, what would you even call that? Like. <laughs> All right. well, cause okay. you, you, like sometimes it's cookie, but sometimes it's like graham cracker or whatever, like Stephen some, yeah. <laughs> some sort of doughy thing surrounding mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah. And the, uh, um, yeah, like, like I, I kind of also go to with like, uh, you know, you can have a salad, like a toss salad and then you can have like a fruit salad, which is just throwing a bunch of fruit in a bowl. So like if I throw Skittles and M&Ms in a bowl, is that a salad? Like, you know, kind of same, like, I think so. Right. Um, sure. I don't know why you would, because that would be terrible if you got some of it together, but... Um... Well, then you have things like macaroni and potato salad, which
1: is
2: just like a bunch of mayonnaise egg mixed salad with is just mayonnaise <laughs> and egg.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Which
2: macaroni salad is great. Yeah. Chocolate salad, that, that could be a thing, because chocolate is actually a plant
1: as well. Words are meaningless and also have all the meaning. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I agree with that. That is, I think that's the right place to end. If you don't think a hot dog is a sandwich, I don't care. If you think it's a sandwich... I think you're right, but it doesn't really matter. (laughs) There's no ham in hamburgers. Yeah,
2: it's just people come up with these names.
0: We'll talk, we'll talk, (laughs) well, Germans, but um, (laughs) um, let's move on. We'll talk about a couple movies coming out this week. Uh, Let's do Transformers Rise of the Beast then. Transformers Rise of the Beast. Uh, During the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, joined the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. This is directed by Stephen Caple Jr., a um, couple different writers on there, jo- Joby Harold, uh, Darnell Mateer, Josh Peters, um, starring um, in in various voice roles as well as um, uh, live-action roles. Like The, the live-action stars: is Anthony Ramos um, from uh, Hamilton and In the Heights and whatnot. Um, but uh, Michelle Yeoh, Pete Davidson, Peter Dinklage, Coleman Domingo, Ron Perlman, John DiMaggio, uh, Peter Cullen, of course um yeah and uh plenty of other good people in here so transformers rise of the beast uh, the first non-michael bay transformers movie that's not bumblebee so um rise of the beast what do you guys think about this one um uh nash i'm gonna start with you uh on the for the anticipation level um would you this is a theatrical release so we're we're going for that um your budget your schedule nothing matters only your free will let's say you had a completely free weekend Um, an AMCA list or whatever. Um, Would you go see this opening weekend? Would you wait until uh, you can rent it at home? Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Are you not interested in this movie? Or are you just kind of stalling to see how people react before you kind of determine um, whether you want to see this one or not?
1: One of the few cases of of me ever going to say this, because I don't say this about many movies, Um, I would bet money that I will never watch this movie. Ooh. So I'm not interested. Um I'm not I'm not really interested in it at all. Um and I I have not seen a Transformers movie. So okay, well put a pin in that. So of the Bay movies, I stopped watching after the second one. So I haven't seen three, four, or five. Okay. I have seen Bumblebee and Bumblebee is very good. Um or oh, it's very fun. And so but I just the trailer's not really selling me. I'm kind of at a point where I'm over a lot of this type of movie. <laughs> Um, at least for now. And so unless by the grace of whatever this, I hear the most amazing things in the world about the movie, then maybe I'll check it out. But I am also like, I don't know how much of it is going to matter or how much am I going to need to know from the other three that I haven't seen? So I don't know. I'm not super interested in it, but like a little tentative. If it if it's got like a 75, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe
0: I'll check it out in a year. This is one that was really interesting because, like, it's it's technically the sixth in the franchise, but it says in the '90s, which makes it a prequel. But I wonder if this is like, I don't know what they're doing with Thailand anymore because Bumblebee is like kind of a prequel, but it like also messes with the timeline a bit. So like, why not? Like, it's kind of like a prequel reboot. Um, and like, is this like continuing that, or is this just kind of a total spin-off? Like, like I don't really know. I assume from it being in the '90s uh, that it was what, a sequel what they're, to, they're Bumblebee. to do, and maybe hopefully, right? Because as Nash mentioned, Bumblebee's a good amount Haley of fun. Steinfeld is not in it though, um, right? But that's the thing—you would think Haley Steinfeld would be in it, and she's not. Unless I don't know—I haven't seen Bumble, uh, Bumblebee since theaters, so um, did they, like they are still cool at the end. Like if there's not like a uh, now well, go she... do your own thing, Bumblebee. Yeah, oh, yeah no, true. Bumblebee yeah, leaves. Her. Go their separate ways, yeah. don't they? Okay, yeah, but I think we all thought there would be a sequel with them again. Anyway. Um, cool. If this is a sequel to Bumblebee, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit more excited. I'm going to go ahead and just say, I'm going to go say rented at home, even though realistically, like I think this is one I'm going to try to see in theaters, but I'm just like, it's a pretty unenthusiastic theater. So I'll just go ahead and bump it down one step. Just, just because, um, I think there's a, a good amount of excitement in this coming in for me because it's, uh, I, I do think that the, I, I like, I really like that first Transformers movie. I think two is bad, but like not as bad as everybody says it is. And I think three is, um, pretty good. Um, and that fourth one is just terrible, and I have yet to see the fifth one, but I'm sure it's also terrible. And I think Bumblebee's overrated. I, I, think, I think it's a little fine, overrated but as well. Actually, that's I, all I think is. maybe
2: people just like it by comparison to the other movies. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I think right because it oh, came out for sure. Was, was it was it, it was after the last night or I was think it before? before. Yeah, it was
1: after, and you got you get somebody like in, incredibly likable in, in the lead role. Oh, yeah. like, I think thing. it's just in juxtaposition a position.
0: coherent story that you can follow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a in, yeah, I in, mean, it's a girl and a robot story. Like it's all, <laughs> and it was pretty funny too. Like had a good amount of laughs. Like I, like the the one like that that joke that I think is maybe the be- maybe the best the series has ever done with the like they're called Decepticons. It's in the name, <laughs> like, of course they're bad guys. Um, like that was good. That's a good joke. Um, not like you know any of the you know ball humor that Michael Bay loves in the first couple uh, movies. Anyway, um, no, I, and I think I think the like idea of like having the the um, like having like Beast Wars in here is uh, is really like a, a different twist for the franchise. Like I remember being really excited when Transformers Four was like we're gonna have Dinobots. I'm like let's go, and then it's like they're in it for like 15 minutes and. <laughs> Um, it's like boo for a two hour forty five minute movie um make it all about the Dinobots. so like I think the Beast War element will be cool um, kind of bring a freshness to here. I really like anthony Ramos um i is Stephen capel jr directing this he did Creed Two, which is the worst of the three creed movies, but still a good movie um so like competent director, um not michael bay directing um new new star young really really uh popular really really good actor, I would say um this one's got me excited, but because it is a Transformers movie, there is there is still that like, I'll I'll probably go check this out in theaters. But, you know, if this if this gets some pretty rank reviews, then um, I might skip it. I'm really actually surprised uh, that uh, I've not seen the trailer for this one yet, because I just feel like they've been, done such a poor job. It looks job like Martin all the other movie. films. Um, yeah, like, does it? I just like maybe I've seen the trailer once or twice, but it's like I've seen that Stray's trailer at this point, probably eight or nine times. And I've only ever seen it in a movie theater. And I'm I've seen the, this trailer maybe once or twice. Like this wasn't in front of Guardians of the Galaxy for me. This wasn't in front of Fast and Furious Ten. Um, I've I've never just like I don't think there was a Super it Bowl was, ad. Yes, oh, No, yes, there was, was a Super definitely. Bowl one for this one. That was the one times I saw it. But that was a like a teaser, you know. So like I'm just I'm surprised that this movie has not been marketed more. Um, I cannot anyway. even describe John, how think?
2: much I'm not interested in this. I'm I'm actually, I think I'm pretty much the same as Nash. I've (laughs) I've only seen the first two. I didn't watch the cartoon show growing up or anything. Um, The only thing that might have uh, made me a little bit more interested is if Hayley Seinfeld's character had been in this and it was more like a sequel to Bumblebee, but she's not in it. So I'm thinking this is going to be like uh, all the other films, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I I think uh, Nash basically said it all. I think, you know, unless the reviews are absolutely raving about it it as the greatest thing ever, I I don't think I'm ever going to see this. Uh, the only thing I think about this film I'm interested in is seeing if it does make all the money, because, of course, the previous Transformers films did make a ton of money, that's why they kept making them. Um, but I, I guess they stopped mm-hmm. making money for a while, and now they've now they uh, now they've decided to bring them back because they need the, the cash. I, I will be interested to see uh, how it does at the box office, yeah. uh, but uh, I'm not going to see it, definitely.
0: Well, I think there's been a lot of people that have just been burned by four and five, which four even crossed a billion, um, because... Yeah, you know, there was a enough goodwill going into that one, and the promise of Dinobots, and then it was just like, and then I think like there was a big drop off to five.
1: I think it's just um, the global markets too. Like, yeah. that's like the that two. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So I just, uh, I think they've lost a, a decent amount of goodwill, and I don't know that it's been pro- been promoted the best. But I don't know, maybe this is running ads nonstop on Spike TV, or you know, that's not even a thing anymore. Um. <laughs> like maybe they're running nonstop ads on FX and or Twitch or whatnot. I don't know. Uh, I'm Trying to remember but, if I saw um, the trailer for it
2: uh, before. Yeah, I'd be really curious the to see this when I went last night, but don't think it did run. So no, no, I, I think you're right. It's they're just, not running the trailer very much. Uh,
0: well, um, well, I I'll go see this at some point when I can. I'm definitely going to need to rewatch Bumblebee before going then, since you guys think it's a sequel. My wife hasn't seen it and she's really excited to see that one, so maybe we'll do it sometime here soon um but uh yeah and then based off of how i feel then Nash and John can decide whether or not they want to go or not <laughs> um yeah um that'll take us to Flame and Hot Flame and Hot is the other one coming out uh this is coming to Hulu this week uh, and Disney Plus um yeah which who knows what's going on with all that whatever um this is <laughs> I'm reading this from IMDb. This is the inspiring true story of Richard Montaignez, uh, who as a Frito-Lay janitor, disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican heritage and turn in, turning Flamin' Hot Cheetos from a snack into an iconic global pop culture phenomenon. Directed by Eva Longoria, uh, starring uh, Tony Shalhoub, Dennis Haysbert, Mash- Matt Walsh, Emilio Rivera, uh, Jesse Garcia, Annie Gonzalez. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's a pretty decent summary of mostly cast um coming to hulu disney plus uh like i said from searchlight pictures so that was the fox studio fox searchlight that was then bought out uh flaming hot um what do you guys think um john we're gonna start with you this time um same scale theaters like we're gonna assume this was the theatrical release budget budget schedule none of that matters right um just just your free will theaters right and stream skip or just kind of uh, wait uh
2: probably streaming uh, I'm I'm not sure I would see this in the theater if it was on in the theaters because um, it it's, it doesn't look like a film that you like need to see like right away because it's it's the sort of biopic true story things you know you, you know it's not gonna, you're not going to be spoiled for it uh, by not seeing it straight away um, but it does look like kind of an interesting story again it looks like it's out of true. the same kind of mold as Air and uh, Tetris of like just this this idea that somebody suddenly had one day uh, that is now like the norm of like spicy chips or um whatever they were <laughs> i can't remember what they're called but yeah um cheetos Yep. sorry we don't have them cheetos. in this country so <laughs> i forget what they're called yeah. we, we have uh this oh, flameout cheetos uh, a so similar good. sort of thing um but yeah mm. the trailer makes it look pretty good it looks like it's kind of be kind of funny a lot of like compelling characters in it um and it does look like a, kind of an interesting idea of like uh, where the industry was before this idea came along and how how this changed it so yeah i, I think i will check this out on disney plus uh, when it drops nice Nash? Uh, yeah, so this is probably the most streaming movie of
1: all streaming movies, and so mm-hmm. like it's uh, and what's funny is because we I mean pre-show we talked about there being a lot of these kind of corporate type biopic movies coming out, and the majority of them have all been on streaming services, um, and this feels like it fits in the mold really really well, um, and so yeah I, I would not have I would not go see this in theaters, but I almost definitely will probably catch this in the upcoming weeks on streaming. I am a little concerned because you know that this is like, it was, it came out that oh, the story really, is like that. false, right? Yeah. So it's based on a memoir written by that guy where he was, a well, that's the thing where he's, he's like a janitor in the Cheeto place and he dumped some stuff and it created the, it created hot Cheetos, but like it came out that that wasn't really true. And so I'm interested to see how the movie if the movie kind of decides to address that at all, because I think that would make for actually a really interesting movie and how like mythology can kind of be created because I heard that story for years. Like that was a really popular internet story that this janitor at the, at Frito-Lay, you know, it created this huge cultural phenomenon, but it like came out later that that didn't happen. (laughs) So I'm interested to see like the delicate how that is going to be played, if it's played with at all, or if it's just going to be kind of played straight. And it's just kind of a comedy drama biopic that is based on this guy's book that we has kind of been debunked. <laughs> um, so it's interesting, but yeah, and I actually, cause I wanted to make sure I was right. And I just went in and I looked it up and it's yeah, it's based on It's ba- based on his memoir, but the memoir is a little fudge so based on
0: a times. memoir rather
2: <laughs> than a true story. Maybe.
0: Yes. I didn't know that. And that makes me um, mm-hmm. a little bit less excited for the movie, but I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Cause like I wasn't necessarily terribly excited anyway. And like, I, because it's a Hulu and um, Disney plus thing, like I haven't seen a trailer for it. So I don't really know what the tone is going for. So like, if this wanted to go for like a really silly, campy, like American pickle kind of tone, then consider me still fine. Who cares at this point? If it's not like with that kind of tone, it doesn't matter whether the story is true or not. Um, as long as it could be fun and even you know, acknowledge, like, hey, by the way, we're we're telling something that is just it's myth, like, uh, and and especially if the story does come out, you just add a text screen at the very at the very beginning to be like, you know, make make it even a fun joke, kind of like at the at the beginning of Anchorman, where it's like the following is based off of true events, only names, days, places, and and events like were changed, like, and then you could just have a fun romp with it, you know. Um, I I agree. I think there is a there is
1: a kind of easy and funny and creative way to make to like pivot and like be in on it that they know, but also like tell this story authentically from his perspective. I think that could be interesting. And that's actually maybe the, one of the biggest draws from you actually wanting to watch that watch it because I'm seeing but it also could just be a retelling of this book. So I don't know. But Tetris. I'm interested.
0: Uh yeah, I mean I'll just go as interested in you guys with just streaming because now you're yeah. right this looks yeah. like the most streaming movie that there ever has um I, I the one thing that's like kind of pulling me maybe a little bit more excited for me is that this still is searchlight pictures and like they just they generally make really good stuff um and i know a lot of the searchlight Pictures stuff has just gone straight to hulu or disney plus for the merger just because like and it, it almost seems like they're just essentially like ma- making the streaming movies at this point for disney like for that are that are Hulu like it, it almost feels like when when the merger happened they're like all right cool you're Hulu originals now um essentially and uh and then but now with the merger who knows what all that's happening but like Searchlight has a pretty good track record I mean I know um just some of the ones off the top of my head were uh, like Jojo Rabbit was a Searchlight yep. picture it's best picture nominated film um I think 500 Days of Summer was as well um but yeah a decent amount of like the ones that have gone straight to Hulu it's like point Searchlight has a good track record and. It's 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 it kind of nudges me almost wanting to go up to rent, but um, I there, yeah, there's still enough like 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 I think if this movie would have come out, and again, I didn't see the trailer yet because it just hasn't come across. I I could be curious to be like, oh that that sounds like fun, or that looks like fun, but like I was really excited for Air because of like the, the marketing the Air and was supposed to be streaming originally, like, and the, then
2: the feedback on like the pre screenings or something was really good.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be streaming originally, and then the feedback was like, "Hey, people are gonna like this," and then they put it on, um, they put it out in theaters a little bit early because it's uh, produced by Amazon. So, um, so yeah, like I, I, I remember feeling really excited about Air, even though it's kind of the same thing where it's like, I don't know, this story needs to be told. And I don't yeah, know that I, I really I, need to see it. I but, was kind of questioning really the idea that
2: it. they'd even made it when I heard about it. I was like, Why, why are you making a movie about trainers?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it was a, <laughs> it was, a, it was also a joke about this, you know, the the flaming hot like i think a lot of people were like oh they're they're making a movie about the flaming hot cheeto you know what's next you know and um hollywood's lost all of its creative you don't ever say they don't make original movies anymore uh anyway uh it's just i don't know it's not it's it's not really an exciting project i think nash put it up best where it's like this is the most streaming movie to ever exist so yeah definitely yeah yep right cool Well, um, let's move on. We'll get to the SIF topic here, but just before we do real quick, you guys have gotten a chance to hear from John and Nash for a little bit. Uh, if they want to hear more of your thoughts, uh, connects with you, any particular place, where would you encourage uh, them Instagram to go? John, will start probably with Probably the
2: best place uh, for me. It's John Tillyard 86 That's all one word, and then the number's 86 at the end of it. Uh, it's just where I post uh, most of my social media updates. Uh, I, don't, I am on Twitter, but I don't really use it very much. Mm-hmm. So have
1: it. And Nash, what about you? Um, I'm Nash underscore doll on Twitter and probably Letterboxed If you want to uh, listen to me talk about or, w- or watch me talk about movies and baseball, because that's what I make my personality. But um, yeah, follow me on there if you want to listen to my ramblings.
0: <laughs> also, just even if you're not a fan of baseball, it is still fun to watch Nash be. What is your team there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, I have an American League and a National League, and it was, so it's the San Francisco Giants and the Seattle Mariners, and they're both like mid, and I'm just upset.
0: Look, as a White Sox, player, I'm going to I the, the baseball weird. in
2: uh, London um, in a few weeks, actually. So yeah, oh, yeah. are you? That's actually really cool. I, it's is the it, Cubs. Uh, is and that the, the Cubs game? Um, their big rival. I forget the I name of them, so. but that they play in red. The Cardinals. That was it. I'm, I'm pretty card- sure but- my
0: sisters go into that game because. Because my cup, my, my oh, sister's a big Cubs, Cubs fan. She lives in Arizona. The guy I'm, now. With? I'm pretty sure that they like. I think they like like saved up and to so, to buy tickets to. I don't think ever are in London. I think I think they're the guy going, I'm going <laughs> with
2: is actually a massive fan of Liverpool Football Club, and because they play in all red, I thought it would make sense for him to support the Cardinals. Uh, so maybe I'll go and support the Cubs. Mm. Uh, yeah, we can compete against each other.
0: There you go. Nice 50-50 split. But but if you support the Cubs and you're like supporting against like like I'm a White Sox fan. Oh okay, they are they, are they the other Cubs.
2: big rivals. Okay. So. Oh right, okay. Fair I enough, mean they're then. both
0: in Chicago, so. <laughs> yeah. That so probably of. does make you rival. Same city. Yeah. No, that's all right. Support 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 whatever you want. I think it's cool that you're going to the game. That's awesome. Um, I will probably try to watch it. Because like I love like those things. Like, um, ha- have the NFL done it yet, or they've only announced that they're gonna do like American football games? They, in,
2: they have uh, been playing in London since. I believe they did one. They had a game in Germany last year.
0: Okay, but it's just like one game a year. It was one right? game in yes. Germany,
2: and it was I think three in
0: London last year. Oh shoot! Yes. Cool. Oh three. Oh wow. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm not. A, okay. I don't care about the NFL. Um, and, and I know hockey's been doing it. Um, they've been doing like the fir- first couple of games of the season. Like they'll have some teams go fly over, play internationally, um, which is cool. I, just, I like I think that stuff is kind of cool. Like, you know, the the Field of Dreams game um, happening. I think that's really cool. So, um, yeah, I'm all for that kind of stuff let's get on to the sift uh, topic um also just quick run to patreon.com slash sifpopwr for early access to things and uh exclusive reviews so uh lion and high fidelity what do you guys want to start with I don't really know if there is a good one to start
2: uh, with. high fidelity is
1: the older movie so I would, mm-hmm. I, would yeah, I was actually I gonna it. lean towards high fidelity as well
0: okay you said it was an older movie just then John and I just looked because I have it pulled up in a tab and this is a 2000 movie and I swear I thought this was The book was, was written 80s. in 1995. <laughs> Which, like, doesn't make sense because, of, like, the music... The book was written in 1995. Huh? I didn't know this oh, was based okay. off a book until after the movie. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think it's just one of those where it's, like, it's got that, like, late 80s, early 90s energy. I mean, I'm, the music yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. track yeah. and whatnot. And, you know, and, yeah. So, anyway, I just... I thought this movie was older than it is, is, is what I'm trying to say, even after seeing it. Um, anyway... Um, high fidelity. Um, quick, quick spoiler warning for both these movies. We're just we're not gonna we're gonna assume that you've seen them both. Uh, them both. So, um, yeah. Uh, high fidelity. Rob, a record store owner and compulsive li- list maker, recounts his top five breakups, including the one currently in progress. Uh, you can check this one out on Hulu. Uh, if you're in the states. Um, starring um John Cusack. Um, uh, can somebody please help me out with Laura's name? Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Um, she's like Norwegian, I think. Right? I guess we're going for it. Even Hjejle. <laughs> I'm so dyslexic. No chance. So bad.
1: I don't think you pronounce all the J's, so it's like Yelly yeah. or something. <laughs> I'm,
2: I suffer from dyslexia, so
1: I have
0: no chance. Mm. <laughs> uh, we tried. Yeah. We tried. Uh, Tom Luizzo, Jack Black, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Lisa Bonet, uh, John, uh, Joan Cusack, uh, Tim Robbins, um, uh, Joel Carter. Um, Drake Bell, I thought that was him. I thought it was Drake from Drake and Josh. Uh, cool. um, directed by St- Stephen Frears, uh, written by Nick Ormsby, Dv Uh Steve Pink. That's a that's a name. Um, okay. Uh, first, before we get into um, how we felt about the movie, now I want to know the history that you have with it. So um, we determined that Nash had this as his number one, right? So I did. So. We're going to start with you then, Nash. I just want to know your history with this movie. Um, had you seen it before? Have you not seen it? When's the last time you've seen it? Uh, general, um, uh, And in general, why why was this one the one out of all the hundreds of movies you could have picked? You're like, High Fidelity is the one that I want to watch for the podcast. Uh, well,
1: that reason is not very exciting, but I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I Yes, I had seen this movie before. Um, I think I had seen this movie in the late 2000s with Family. Um, enjoyed it a lot, and then I watched it again in college, and still enjoyed it. Um, and I had not seen it in—I guess we're almost ten years now. Um, I w- like I—I I often talk about this movie and the other. Oh my gosh, it was just in my head. The other John Cusack movie, kind of from the late '90s, where he's like a hitman, and he has First to go point back. Point. To- Yes, I talk about those movies in conjunction a lot because I, when I talk about like an era of John Cusack that I really, really love, um, I
0: think it's the same director too, isn't it? Stephen Frears. Is it Stephen? Oh wow.
1: Okay. Well, that's the reason why I talk about them together. (laughs) Um, So generally speaking, so generally speaking, I was pretty high on the movie. Like even when I went back, I was kind of surprised by even like my own letterboxed like score of it, which had been done. Years later, because I hadn't seen it in many years, but I was like, wow, okay, I really like this movie. Um, I picked it out because um, your list is long and kind of daunting. And so I was mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to pick something that maybe not every single person would have seen a movie that I know that there was a period in my life that I would say that I really liked. Um, and that's kind of what my picks and all, like you heard all three of my picks, they were all kind of like that. And so I'm, that's why I was surprised when <laughs> John picked Lion as well. Um, but that was kind of the, my methodology going in. My opinion has kind of changed, but we can kind of get to that in a minute, but that was kind of my relation to it. Okay. Um,
0: um I just want to correct myself. It's not the same director. It, uh, same screenplay writers, um, G. Gotcha. V. and, uh, Steve pink. And I think you can uh, kind of tell there's a lot of that same John Cusack
1: neurotic energy in both of them. Um, mm-hmm. so, and I, I don't know that I, gr- I gravitated towards that when I was younger. Um, so that was kind of where I was coming
2: from when I picked it. That's kind of cool. <laughs> John, saw what is this, your history uh, with this film? Just, uh, I just have a list of like uh, fairly big films that I, I need to see at some point. I, I just saw it at some point over the last few years, uh, I think, just for the first time. Uh, and then I think I read the book because I was working my way through Nick Hornby, uh, who is the author of the book. Uh, and then I went back and rewatched it and uh, had a newfound respect for it because it's a very faithful adaptation, actually. Um I think those are the only two times before this mm. week that I have seen it, actually. And uh, I think I remember just thinking it's uh, it's a really well put together film. Maybe not specifically my kind of film exactly, because uh, quite frankly, the characters are all pretty unlikable. Uh, it just doesn't appeal to me as much. Um, but yeah, definitely I uh, think it's a, a really good film. Um, objectively speaking, something. Should I not have said that yet? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I uh, I have. I've no history with this movie. Um, this isn't one that was like uh watched it a while ago would, and when I've never seen this. I've never seen clips, channel surfing, or anything like that. I think it's a film that like I knew about, but like uh like maybe recognized cover artwork or whatnot, but um I not uh like it doesn't really surprise when like you consider this movie came out in two thousand. I was I was born in ninety five, so I was five when this came out. So um it's um it's uh it, it so it was one of those that was in the like, I think I was aware of it, but never really had an interest. And then I think there was a podcast I was listening to that people were talking about how good it was. Um, and I was like, cool. Well, a, a, a name that I recognize with people saying you should check that out. I'm going to check it out. Um, plus, it's got John Cusack. And um, and, and and I had re- just, just recently at that point watched Gross Point Blank, uh, which I really like Gr- Gross Point Blank. So I was like cool. Let's check that out, and uh, and and not only that, but they were um, working on the on the um, the remake um, show that went out in Hulu, starring Zoe Kravitz. And I heard good things about that show too. So I was like, cool. Well, maybe I'll check out the movie, and then I'll you know check out the show. Um, and uh, I didn't get around to either. And here we are. So um, <clears throat> I think that'll cover that. We'll go in the same order: um, Nash, John, and then me. Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay?
1: I think it's, it's tough because I, I was a little bit, when I said I was a little bit surprised by my rating of it, it was because upon rewatching it, I recognized that I liked it a lot less than I (laughs) previously kind of built it up in my head. Um, And maybe that's just because I got older, but um, as John teased a little bit, um, everybody sucks. Uh, they're all really unlikable people. Now, it's really funny because in the Pacific Northwest, I know all of those people, like (laughs) those like crazy record shop people. Like I've been to that store and had conversations with Jack Black-esque characters and they exist. And sometimes they can be humorous, but I was just like, in retrospect, I was kind of like, wow, these people, like John Cusack sucks. Like he's kind of... (laughs) A terrible person and by the end of the movie he gets everything he wants and I really don't buy that he's like learned any lesson and I'm not saying a lesson needs to be learned in a movie but it like it got it got me like as a 27 year old I was looking at it from the from the from a lens of wow these people are actually incredibly incompatible so that originally bummed me out but then I was like okay well there's still a lot of really great elements to this movie I think there's a lot of humor I think Jack Black is really funny in this movie and it's right at the beginning of his career. And you can tell that right after this, he explodes under the scene. Um, I think it is really clever writing. It's really good writing. I just also, I was just surprised by how much I had like turned on the characters almost. Um, And so I'm thinking it might be something that I either may never watch again, and it can just kind of sit in the nostalgia brain that I have it have for it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I will and something like this will come up again but um it's it has a lot of good elements but i was just rubbed the wrong way ultimately which is crazy okay. to me because i loved it for a long time
0: <laughs> um john what about you I like, thought it was just just, like i think it's just okay wait oh sorry didn't nas did you did you land anywhere on that scale yeah, yeah. sorry I, I said a lot of words um yeah. i like
2: it now okay. yeah i thought it was okay. just okay i think when i first saw it and then having read the book and had a newfound appreciation for how faithful an adaptation it is. And also the fact that the characters are even more unlikable in the book. I, I think uh, I enjoyed a lot more, uh, now, uh, and I think I would go as far as to say that I like it because it, it is objectively, I think just a very well put together film, you know, it's, it's all very well, played, you know, it's, it's all shot for and sure. Acted, uh, very well. Mm-hmm. And it's a very compelling kind of story, but like you say, Nash, none of the characters really learn anything by the end. I don't think there's no redemption or anything. And, uh, I, th- I think the main thing I appreciate now about the film, having read the book is uh, you, if you thought Barry uh, Jack Black's character was insufferable in the film, that's nothing compared to how insufferable he is in the book. Honestly, I, I had to stop reading a few times because Barry would just not stop going on. It's like this guy, but uh, Jack Black actually makes him a lot more compelling and a lot more enjoyable. His performance really adds, I think a lot to uh, that character.
0: Nice. Um, guys, I don't think I like this movie um, for a lot of the reasons that we're mentioning. And uh, I, I would go so far as to say that not only are these characters unlikable, they are yeah. insufferable. I do not want to spend time with them. Um, and I think that's what did it for me. Like I was not having fun and it's not even like you can have characters that aren't likable, but you still like being around them. Like, uh, like, in and, and like, like I'm watching, it's always sunny in Philadelphia a lot right now. It's like, those characters are terrible. They aren't likable, but I like hanging around them. Um, now it's much more comedy and, and much more satire than, you know, something like something like this. But yeah, I mean, I I think this line, I think this, th- th- it goes past the line of, I do not want to spend time with these people. I do not want happy things for them. I um, yeah, I feel like the guy that walked into the record stop at the beginning and somebody, you know, yelled at him because he wanted to try to buy whatever record and then he just left and was like, screw you guys. Like, I feel like that guy about this movie. Um, Because, because yeah because these characters are so like insufferable to me um one of the things i saw after i was looking um after i saw this movie is looking at some letterboxd reviews and everybody has this one generally pretty high rate rated um that i follow um and i just read the ones that had reviews attached to them and i found the perfect review from somebody that i follow and just says guy who throws tantrums and gatekeeps music wonders why women don't want to sleep with him for two hours i'm like that's that's the movie, but she still gave it four stars. And I, I won't, um, like, I don't, I, I think there's certainly a lot to appreciate about the movie. I mean, Jack black has, has Jack black ever been like, you don't want to, you don't appreciate Jack Black. Has he ever had a role like that or anything. Um, Like he, like he kind of makes that movie worth watching. Um,
2: Okay. I may have to check it out. kind
0: of makes it worth watching a little bit. That first one's actually pretty okay. Um, But like, you know, Jack Black's generally, even when he's like this, you could still find things to like about it. I mean, John Cusack is, um, you know, at the top of his game here. He's just like, he's so unlikable. He's doing, he's, he's a good actor. He's just also, um, (laughs) Nash, I hope you don't take any offense to this, but I thought this is, ex- this is exactly what your experience would be like walking in a Portland, like record store, um, would be this shop. Like it takes place in Chicago and like, yeah, it, feel, it very, feels very Chicago and all that. But like, I guess I like Portland is known as the default hipster city at this point. So I, I don't take offense to that. It's more,
1: I, I think that you would be the case you would be correct 10 years ago, but it has changed a lot. Uh, Good. It's year. actually a lot harder to find that place. I would think it's probably closer to Seattle now, Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been being really phased out. But that's what I meant when it's like, I have met these people yeah,
0: right. before. <laughs> well, and you, say, you said that too, and I'm like, oh, cool. So he's confirming it's my It's interesting you guys say <laughs> that because
2: this the book was British and it, it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the book. So uh, I, I guess it's just a sort of universal thing across culture
0: like it, like like it's set Sorry, in again. in the uk it yeah like it's, it's entirely like it's set british in the UK.
2: It, it all takes place uh somewhere in the uk i don't know where exactly mm. but yeah all the characters are british and it takes place in britain it's it's by a british author as well so yeah they just americanized it when they made the film
0: yeah i just like the the other thing about this too is that like they're all insufferable to me but they're all insufferable in their like own ways like uh like like john cusack is the guy that he's like, because I'm not happy, nobody around me could be happy. And I'm not going to let any of that happen. Even though, like, when uh, when Lisa Bonet shows up, and, and you're just like, hey, like, she's right there. <laughs> like, dude, and he just ignores her. And you're like, I hate you. um, And, uh, you know, and his obsession with Laura, who, why would she want to be with him? And they don't eat like... They don't really have any chemistry together, in We're my opinion. Making excuses um,
2: for why he did not end up uh, with and women then, so that she... have nothing to do with him, or or something. You know, oh, she didn't end up with me because it was she was fated to end up with someone else, or she doesn't deserve me, or something, or right. You know, oh, yeah. y- you know, something bad right. happened to to that person, so that they deserve that to happen to them, or something, because they didn't end up with me. He's, he's deflecting blame away mm-hmm. from himself with every other every single woman.
0: Well, it's like, yeah, that just wasn't. There was like 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 Nash said there wasn't like really any growth at the end like I don't think there was like like if that was the point is to is for him to be like no I am the problem and I got to change to do something about it like and and here's how I'm gonna take steps to but he's he just feels miserable all the time so everybody has to be miserable around him and then you have the Jack Black who's like. I like, you know, there there is good music and there's bad music, and I determine what that is. And if you don't like music that I like, then you don't like good music. Therefore, you don't like music. Like he's that kind of person. And then the other guy's like, check out this weird funk band from Saudi Arabia that you know w- existed for three years in the '60s. Like you know, like <laughs> like and he's and he's like, check this out. And it's like nobody wants to check that out, dude. Uh, Jack Black like, <laughs> so, won't sell records uh, that he
2: actually has in the store yeah, because it, he it, thinks like, it, they're terrible records. He's, he's that kind of person.
0: Yeah, well, and there's even that scene where he's like where he's yeah. got that one rare one and he refuses to sell it to the guy that's wanted it three or four times. You get sell it to me this week. He just turns around and sell it to to some random guy for 40 bucks. It's like they're like I I I don't know that the point of this movie is that these characters are insufferable. I like, I don't know that that actually plays into anything. I, I think, think that probably is the point. I think, I, I think, I think they're supposed to dislike them. I, th- I think I think I they're think supposed to be endearing. Too. I think we're supposed to root for them by, at the end, right? Like Certainly, certainly we're supposed to root for Don Cusack.
1: It that's I I think that's the biggest part that I was struggling with last night when or yesterday when I watched it again was I was thinking about because it it does seem like a really faithful adaptation. And so it seems like the intention is to kind of put like a spotlight on these people that exist all across the world, apparently. (laughs) Um, And I think that if in its in a way it's capturing that really, really well, which is the reason why I think that there's aspects of really good filmmaking being done here. I think it's just the specific choice that she decides to get back together with him for basically no reason post her father passing away. It was kind mm-hmm. of like, I don't it, it it felt like a little
0: bit of a, I don't, I well, and for like all, we all intents and purposes, Ray of, feels like a totally yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Like why would she leave Ray for Rob? <laughs>
1: So I think that was where I was like, that was what it was like hitching me up a little bit because if he doesn't, I think the movie sells it a lot better. And my, if I was writing this movie, which I'm not, it doesn't matter. But if he doesn't end up with anybody, because I feel like that's like, okay, well that's more in line with, I actually think the reality of the situation too, because these people exist. And a lot of the times they drive people away from them. Um, Mm -hmm which is what seems to be happening, right? He's insufferable and he's driving away all these people because he's self-loathing and has these weird neuroses and he's a gatekeeper. I don't think the end of that story feels authentically, oh, my dream girl gets back with me and I i don't know. That's kind of where I've like reached a little bit of my hang-up. So, so it's really just the end of the
2: movie for me, but I don't know. It's the end of the book as well, so it was obviously the intention of... Uh... I... The author, Nick yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, I know. No, I know. Like, you're like, yeah, I I think that was the choice. I think it just wasn't. As I've grown older, it's not a choice that, like, resonates with me, but I, that's fine. <laughs> I still most, like a lot of it.
0: <laughs> the most interesting part of this movie, which is just a shame because it was only about, like, five minutes, was when they when they discover the, the skater kid's music, and it's, like, actually good. And he, like, has just had the inspirational talk. He's like, I'm going to put out your record. And it's like, Maybe if the movie was more framed around that, like that being his turning point, that being his like, I'm I'm gonna change, I'm gonna pursue my dreams as opposed to just be miserable all the time. And you know, even and and then even if like again, I think if he doesn't get the girl in the end, it's more realistic, and I think maybe a better ending. Um, especially when like he's got the girl back and yeah, now he's hitting weird. on the reporter girl, yeah. um, or flirting with her, not hitting any on her, flirting with her. Um, but like, uh, there's um. Like I think maybe that could have been a good avenue for like like to see him like actually change and grow and again like be happy and and have some conf- conflict and um, confrontation with the, with the two people that he hired with the with Jack Black and the other guy um, like actually tell like you know, maybe even fire one of them like because these ruin they're ruining the reputation of the store and and whatnot and they're making music people look bad you know he's just like maybe if there had been some of that stuff at the end I think that would be. A more favorable and could justify because again it's like if if john cusack's just miserable and he doesn't want to deal with these people that are clearly hurting business in his store um like that could be even though they're his friends they're the only two people he hangs out with seemingly um you know that could have been a that could have been a more satisfying movie for me or a more like i can get behind this now or uh if, if 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 he recognizes that they're all terrible people and he wants to change that you know then and that kind of just think sells the that skater kids more. are actually in the book
2: if I'm trying to remember I think they may have been in a sort of slightly different form of uh, character and I think actually the, the whole idea of using their music is actually Laura's idea in the book as well. so I think they I get the impression they when they adapted the film they were trying to make uh, John Cusack's character a little bit more likable, have him do a little bit more of a redemption kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because again, that was the one moment. I, re- I really thought he was yeah, going to turn into. Yeah, and maybe that's leaf, why because it it's just not how it
2: goes in the book. So that they couldn't really fully adapt it uh, in that sure. way. Uh The other thing I wanted to say is, uh, it, was Jack Black in Tenacious D at this point? Okay. Right. So
0: that that yes. was why he sings yes. at the oh, end. Okay. Um,
2: yeah. I thought that was uh, kind of weird.
0: Well, he was in it. I how long has Tenacious D been out? Like, how like how, how long have they well, been a?
1: The they have been together for a very long time. Like, I think they broke kind of into the industry, kind of a little bit.
0: 1994. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, they were making music in the 90s, and then the movie oh, thing okay. came for him
2: later um, and exposed the world to okay, it. So that, that's probably why he got the role as the guy that sings at the end, because that's, that's in the book as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's like Barry's big revelation at the end. is It's supposed to be like this big surprise that he can actually sing. Because uh, John Cusack's character, like the whole film is sort of saying, mm-hmm. why, why have they got Barry in this band? You know, what, what are they thinking? This is, you know, he, he's not, not going to be any good. And then there's a big surprise at the end that he can actually sing.
0: You when know? well, there's hey. even that actually like really funny joke early on where the, guy come, where the guy comes up and invites him to the band practice. He's just like, do you play games? Yeah. He's like, no. Like, he's like, all right, I'll see you at six. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's got this poster up wants to be in a band, but oh, he can't, uh, they hire he can't him do his name.
2: Him. I'm not sure that's mentioned in the film, but it is in the book, certainly.
0: It might have been, but... Uh, okay. I probably tuned it out. I'm not sure. Um, no, I, I, don't. I don't. I don't know that I have anything more else to say. Just, it was just a group of people that I didn't want to spend time with that that I don't want to, I'm. I'd be very interested to watch the miniseries. The, 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 or it wasn't intended as a miniseries. It just got cancelled after one season. I'd be really interested in watching that um i think that could be a good amount of fun and maybe change some of the things that we're talking about or or whatnot modern yeah that a could a be cool bit, yeah yeah or or just maybe realize people didn't some people didn't like this movie because of how you know unlikable the characters are and you at least make them a little bit more tolerable or just have them have some growth you know That's I do like wanna, a, a series you know
1: i do want to throw in i like i think john has alluded to a couple times i i genuinely think that was the intention to make these people <laughs> unlikable. And I think that's like that's the reason why I'm I'm like still kind of in defense of it. Um after even even though I've like picked it apart a little bit. I think that the reason why it's still well made is because it's doing its job. I think it it set out to do what it what it's doing and it does it well. I just it I think what what we're both saying is that we didn't resonate with like the likability of those characters, but I don't really know if that was the intent when they, it's a difficult one created it mm. to like, Oh, we're not supposed to like th- there. It's supposed to, I really think it's like, Oh, here's a spotlight on, you know, when it was ri- originally written, I would, I would actually love to hear his story. And like, I wonder if it's based on people he knew or a culture he grew up in or a culture that he knew maybe it talks about it in the book. I don't know. But I think that is done really, really well. I just think that we're kind of coming at it 23 years later and looking at it like these people do suck. <laughs> and it's kind of I think it's very I think it's often I think it's really similar to when when people like millennials will think back and like how great the 90s were. And I'm like, no, I think if you actually went back there, a lot, like the people sucked, people talked differently, like you're nostalgic for something that maybe didn't really exist. And I think this is kind of a little bit of an example of that where we're nostalgic for these like record shops and, or we can even expand it like blockbuster video or video stores or whatever. But like in reality, they were kind of gross, messy people sucked. There was the, you know, so I think maybe that's kind of the, the disconnect a little bit. Um, but I want to give it its props that I think it's doing what it's trying to do. I just ultimately, I my one thing is I wish he didn't end up with, with, with her at the end. Yeah. Um, I, I can find that. Anyways, I st- I think I still have it at four stars. Where
2: is the miniseries <laughs> set? It can't be a record store if it's modern, surely.
0: Oh wow. It's still okay, a record kind of store, I think. I think it is, yeah. Um, I haven't
1: watched it, but the but the like the image on Hulu is a Zoe Kravitz in a record store. It can't so. be
2: like modern time, surely, if it's a record store. Yeah.
0: Well and I thought when I when I put on this movie and I saw that Zoe Kravitz's mom was in it, I thought maybe this was gonna be like a sequel, like a spiritual like a Actual sequel, it's like her daughter, but she heard, she's essentially going to go through the same things that he did, or whatever. You know, I thought maybe they were going to do that, but it sounds like it's just a complete remake. Yeah, it's um, a
2: a record store owner in Brooklyn. Is it set now? Is it set current times? Okay,
0: that's that's kind of strange. Yeah, but okay. It looks like there's only ten episodes. They're half hour episodes, so yeah. I mean, I'm really, I'd be really interested to check out the show because I, I remember um, uh, there was a couple of people talk about. I think Caleb really liked it and i was like yeah i'm I'll, I'll be right. interested to check it out it's on disney
2: plus so. uh, over here so definitely have to watch I, it uh, at some point
0: oh yeah 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 her name is still rob <laughs> Robin. <laughs> that's clever short shortened rob um yeah it changes some other things so yeah yeah i'll um i'd be i i, I might check out the show cuz i think like there's there's some things in here and i'd be i don't know, i'd be curious if if one of you two winds up watching the show a little bit let me before i do let me know what uh let let me let me know how you think uh what you think about it or or if people that are listening have seen the movie and the show and have um thoughts then then let me know i'd be really curious to- um are we yep. ready to close that book that yep. uh, that book sure. that chapter and move on to the next one let's start talking about lion then uh lion uh this was uh john's uh or sorry nash's number two pick and john's number two pick as well um so this um is a movie that came out in 2016 best picture nominated film didn't win but was nominated a five-year-old indian boy is adopted from an australian couple after getting lost hundreds of kilometers from home uh 25 years later he sets out to find his lost family this is directed by garth davis uh written by luke davies based off of the book um that is the autobiography of the story uh for saru um and this is. uh, yeah, based off a real story of course so um starring dev patel nicole nicole kidman rooney mara um and uh david wenham as the like notable recognizable faces things like that and then and then of course the the film has a ton of runtime for sunny powar who plays young Suru. um real quick john let's start with you uh what is your history with this movie and why was this like near the top of movies that you wanted me to see or you wanted to see for yourself or whatever. Maybe this is an opportunity for you. Uh,
2: to I saw this when it out. came out. Um, I watched it again for a best ever challenge I did a few months ago. And I think those are the only two times I'd seen it before this week. Um, and I just picked it just because uh, it stood out to me as just a film that I, I again, I'm spoiling how I feel about it, but uh, it's basically the reason I picked it is uh, I just really like the film and it just stood out to me when I saw it on the list. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I have a huge amount of history to describe with it other than just the fact that it's uh, a film I really enjoyed. I think
0: Mm -hmm. Nash, what about you history? And then like, kind of, why was this your, your listed as your number two?
1: Um, basically identical reason. Uh, I think I had seen it two times before this week. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a relatively newer movie. Um, it came out, um, and we'll get into this a little bit, but it's just, it's the type of movie that kind of touches on certain things that I really enjoy in filmmaking. Um, and you know, it's one that I just like revisiting in general. I think it's, yeah. So I basically and then I saw it on the list and I was like, man, I think I would love to rewatch this and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. So it's very
0: similar to John. Um, I never saw this one. I thought that when the trailer came out, I remember it really sticking out and being like, Oh yeah, that movie looks great. But this was like a weird point in college where uh like I was getting ready to graduate. I was getting ready for like the um the like Rest of the things, yeah. This would have been my senior year. I, I other things I was focusing on this particular year, and uh, so I, um, yeah, I just remember like uh, seeing the trailer, being like, "Wow, that looks really great," and I would love to see that. And then just kind of forgot about it. Um, and then just the more like, like I remember like this came up some somehow again, and I saw. It. And of course, like I've I've been exposed to Dev Patel a lot more recently because he's great. Um, he's always great. And uh, and I was like, okay. And it's starring Dev Patel, which I don't know that 20, uh, 2016 me would have probably saw him and like recognized him. But like, I still haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire, so like, I don't recognize him from that. I hadn't seen uh, Newsroom at the time, um, so I wouldn't recognize that. Um, I didn't see Last Airbender, so that didn't you don't hurt. missing much. Um, it didn't hurt. So yeah, I didn't see I didn't see Chappie either. So I, actually, I would have had no idea who Dev Patel was. Um, so. He's actually not been as much as I thought he's been in. Slummed he's only got 24 ro- ro- he's to his for. Name and... Yeah, yeah. For, well, yeah. That and then... Uh, the Green Knight. Like yeah. Green Knight at this point and And yeah, I think Newsroom. Um, yeah. And uh, and I would say this is... Oh, well, you got nominated so, for an Oscar, actually. Uh, like, or, suppose, this, but either he, way... like
2: fairly well known for this.
0: Right. Yep. Best Supporting Actor. Yep. Uh, but there's... But like it's 24 credits. But some of these are like... One of these is a music video... One of these is a voiceover, one of these is a video game. There's a short. Like he's been in not a lot, which a little surprising. Um, just because he's so good and he feels he feels pretty dominant right now. Um, at least to me. I don't know if he does to you guys too. Um and he's only in two upcoming projects that are announced. I'm sure he's got work. But anyway. People wanted um, to be bond. Yeah, I can't find that. Yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. Um yeah. so um so anyway, uh yeah, just kind of resurfaced at one point, I think uh, because I was watching newsroom and then I saw that, that, and I was like, Oh yeah, that movie that I never got around to seeing. And then I really wanted to. And then um I, so when I put together this schedule, this was actually the movie I was most excited to see Um because of all the reasons mentioned. Like I was like, I can't wait to get to the week with lion. Um, and, and not only that, but um, I, I went through the whole list with my wife and I said, um, let me know which ones you want to watch with me and which ones you're like, just go ahead and watch without me. Because I'm not really interested. And and um, and we get and for some of them, she wanted to see trailers. And so we pulled up the trailer for Lion. And it's like, can we please just watch this now? And this was like December, you know? Uh, so, yeah, this was the one I was most excited for. Um, so we'll go in the same order, John Nash, and then me. D- Lion, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it? I think it's just okay. Uh, uh, I definitely loved it when I first saw it. Uh, having rewatched it a couple of times... Um...
2: I would probably say it's high side of like it now. I've started to notice like a few things in it now that, uh, I don't like, uh, that second half is just not as strong as the first half. I don't think. Um, and yet there's a few other sort of minor things that we'll get to that, uh, annoy me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Nash. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think I would say I'm, I'm on like the low side of love it. Still. I was on the high side of love it for like, like John for a long time. Um, I think I agree with the it's a tale of two halves a little bit. I think the first half is, yeah, it is perfect almost. I think it's so compelling. And then um, and then the second half, I think it slows down a little bit. But I still I think it's the type of movie that and I, th- I think there's a whole genre of these or a whole group of these types of movies where you're not really supposed to watch it more than a couple times. And I've seen it three times in a really kind of short period of time. So I think the sheen is worn off a little bit but i still really enjoy it. i think it's beautifully filmed um and then like we've you know yeah Sonny pawar is that his name um yeah, is incredible he's so good mm-hmm. so <laughs> i think i'm still probably on like that a minus love it but like low
0: side of love it i um i just want to address real quick uh before i get my rating i was not expecting the first half of this movie to be you know the story of how he got lost in Venezuela. oh really well, no, well, because the the way the trailers make it look, it makes it look like it's more about it the pursuit Dev of Patel his family
2: in the trailer? So
0: I was fully expecting.
2: Oh man,
0: yeah, trailers. It's, it's mostly Dev Patel. Um, so I was I was expecting a twenty minutes, and then he's you know a grown man in Australia looking for his home, and I I expected more of like not he actually finds the place in Google Earth and knows exactly where to go. I expected a little bit of wandering. Um, like he found the train stop, and but he couldn't find out like how to get his home from there. So then he went to the train stop and spent twenty minutes wandering or whatever to try to. like okay. I expected that kind of move. Um, which I, uh, which like it, it makes more sense the way they did it, and I'm and I, I, I'm sure it's more faithful to his actual pursuit. And so in this case, like I'm all for the faithful telling of the story. Um, so um, so anyway, I it just shocked me and in the best possible way because we get to the end. It's fifty three minutes. Before he's even in Australia, and it's fifty-eight minutes until Dev Patel shows. No, sorry, forty-eight minutes until he's even in Australia. Fifty-three minutes until Dev Patel shows up. Um, and it kind. All right. So on the Legolava, level, he just like I think it's just okay. A scale. I'm like in the middle of liked it. Um, I. It, it's kind of that tale of two halves, but that first half, like John said, is just so much better. Um, and a lot of that reason, like Nash said, is because uh, the kid Sunny Pawar is just so good. Um, and it's genuinely like scary, and like this, this is a movie about somebody finding their way home. Which, like, even the tagline for the movie is about like a life lost and a life found again. So it's like it's kind of telling you it's a tale of two halves. But a lot of times, like, they just kind of skip past this, and you're like, yeah, he's a kid, so naturally he gets lost. But it's like there have to be so many steps for him to get to the place where he gets, especially in this culture, uh you know, with India, where there's tons of popular. It's the you know one of the most densely packed places in the in the world, and. Uh, you know, so naturally, like, it would be really easy for yeah. a kid to yeah. get lost. Um, so, and then, um, you know, especially like 20, 30 years ago. Um, uh, so yeah, I, um, I think, I think this movie loses me a little bit, especially in the second half. Um, and I don't think that the emotional payoff struck me as much as the movie wanted to, wanted it to, um, I was full on prepared starting the movie to be bawling my eyes out at the end of the movie. And I'm like, I, I, I only like had like a small like, you know, um yeah Dealing misbeat in of chance. my heart or whatever. Yeah. Just a little just a little quick like, ooh. Um but it was it was when it was with oh, the reveal okay. of what happened to his brother. Yeah. Like that was it. That's just text on a screen. Um because I was I was sitting there and like he gets reunited with his mom. I'm like, this is emotional. It kind of feels like the warm-up. I'm waiting for the moment where he says, where's my brother? And then he comes around the corner and I'm going to bawl my eyes out. And uh, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> that that, that didn't know.
2: actually surprise me, actually. I kind of guessed but his brother go. had gone, to be honest.
0: I, I mean, I had thought... Uh, I had—I had, I, Being completely unfamiliar with the story, I had thought there's a, there's a 50-50 chance. But I was also really interested, just because I'm like, when his brother shows up and his brother no longer has to live with the guilt of losing his brother... Like it would be the brother's reaction um, that was that was gonna just sell it for me. Um, I mean, I, I- but uh, obviously, like I'm, unhappy happy they're not taking a creative liberty and making that the way that. Yeah, yeah I'm glad they're yeah. telling it as it happened, um, at least to the best of their abilities. Like I'm, I'm really happy they're not just saying, yeah, in reality the brother died, but we're gonna, you know, we we want the audience to feel this way or whatever. But I, I was, I, I just. I was ready for that moment. I was ready for the, I'm going to ball my eyes out now. Yeah, it well, uh, it was a great so,
2: moment when he meets his mother again. Didn't quite get there. I, I kind of assumed that there was some sort of, like, mystery yeah, to what had happened to his brother that was going to be revealed. Because, like, he just disappears. You know, he says he's going to come back when he leaves him at the station, and then he just doesn't. So, I'm like, okay, well, that's the thing we're waiting for at the end of the movie is, like, what happened to him? And he just was killed, is uh, the reveal there. So, I, I kind of guessed it was going to be mm-hmm. something like that, like, either he did something terrible or he was killed or something. I also think that that's one of
1: the, I mean, maybe I'm just putting too much of like personal thought onto the movie a little bit, but I also think that that was what was actually kind of powerful to me because um, Saru, I think part of his whole thing was also guilt for what he had put his brother through Yes, like trying to look at it from that perspective. So I think the 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 fact that he then discovers that his brother his brother never went through that, unfortunately, um, because a, he like when we see him kind of wake up on the back, bench,
2: he's, he's obviously oh, imagining his brother wondering yeah. where he's gone. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So I don't know. I
1: thought a lot of that was really impactful for me. I think it continues to be really impactful for me. But I think that's just my own personal history and stuff being wrapped in with that. So I get it.
0: Yeah. I like, I think, I think all the flashback stuff to work is just, yeah, the, I I don't know that the payoff happened quite to the height that it, that, and maybe if I'd have saw it in the theater, um, you know, maybe if I'd have saw it kind of in the context of uh, even when it, when it came out um, just being a little bit closer to that time period, um, a a little bit closer to that moment, you know, um, being a little bit caught up in like, a big big story you know um you know and, and not only about being being yeah. swept up in the oscars conversation um you know uh but yeah i'm i'm almost like like it, just the second half just almost loses me a little bit and i think it's because the first half is so good but i think the second half is also so good cuz i really love like just his guilt of um you know and, and like the way that, that impacts his relationships like the way he kind of even though we see him affirm his mom like he's still kind of distant um, his mom, you know, the Nicole Kidman character, the adopted mom. Um, like the way that he still kind of like he ha- he essentially has to stay away from her, and like the reveal of him later at the end, um, um, like where sh- where she's like, this, this is why you've been so distant, and and he's yeah, like, that, oh, I didn't such want a you good to line. think that I was ungrateful, that, and then like the conflict of having well that, and then and then her response where it's like you gotta go, she's got to see how beautiful you've grown up with me. It's just like that's like that's such a great moment, and and the moment too where. Where where he talks to, where he's talking to her and he says the you know you guys never had kids that's why you like yeah. in a fit of rage and she's and she's like we could have yeah, kids we that's just a, that's a decided not thing, to we know, wanted thing. to we wanted to help somebody like you and it's just like, that's that's so like that's so good and yeah. it's like
2: S- saving a child as opposed to just yes. adding a child to the world that you know you, you're not um it, it's more for your own benefit having a, a child of your own but saving a child is is helping someone right.
0: which which aligns yeah. so much with so much of my philosophy about, yeah. about kids at this point. Um, um, yeah, there's so many kids that need help. Um, I would much rather help a kid than or help, help somebody who is. Yeah, already uh, I was kind now, of disappointed. World, um,
2: but... what was the kid's name? I've yeah. forgotten. Uh, Sonny Padawan. Pua. I was disappointed. Pua. He didn't get nominated for an Oscar to be, to be honest, because he's probably in more of the movie than Dev Patel is. And it,
0: as, as much as I love Dev, Dev Patel and think that that's even, like, a worthy Oscar nomination, yeah. I, I'd rather see... Sonny the Potter
2: idea I had, actually, was... Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if I, he got... Which one... Which which award show has the, like... I, that I was looking at this young on IMDb,
2: actor. actually. He, he was nominated and won a few, like, Young Actor Awards. Oh, at, Critics' Choice. I don't know exactly which awards they were, but he, he received quite a lot of nominations and a few wins, I think, for, like, Young Actor Awards.
0: Uh, nom- nominated for the Critics' Choice Award, how, how do you not give this oh, that's the, the, the win? What was the competition?
2: But I actually thought maybe maybe they could have like nominated them jointly for out. like uh, sharing an Oscar, Cause since it's like technically the same role. Can you do that?
0: I mean, maybe. Oh. That uh, that kind of makes sense. Um, the young actor... Uh, all right, So the category, this is 2016, which by the way, I was thinking about this too, and I think I was even explaining to somebody when they asked how I felt about the movie. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a great movie and I, I i'm not sure i would nominate it for best picture um but it's certainly like i was expecting to go into this movie and be like how did it not win but like 2016 is one of my favorite years ever what moonlight it won won that year. year yeah oh it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah moonlight yeah. won that year and but there was also la la land and arrival which could have also easily been uh a pick oh, for me. Yes. hell or high water hacksaw ridge um could also have easily easily been um i know fence Fences was, I, got, I still haven't seen Fences. Ready, all right, so Best Young Actor, Actress. Uh, so, of course, Sunny are here. Um, Louis McDougall for Monster Calls, I didn't see. He's really good. Yeah, um, they're actually really good. Um, Medina Nawanga from Queen of Kata, uh, Katwe, which I haven't seen. Um, Alex R. Hibbert for Moonlight, which I haven't seen yet. Um, Haley Steinfeld for Edge of 17, which, like, that's a good one. But, I mean, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. Like, I get why why sonny I walked away empty. Uh, yeah I, I guess i
2: can get behind that yeah <laughs> unfortunately i think i remember thinking though that uh i liked yeah. all the films nominated um, for best picture that year except moonlight and moonlight actually bloody was <laughs> so yeah it well was, it was a stacked year Ah, uh,
0: yeah oh, yeah 2016 is an excellent year and the nice guys wasn't even nominated and that came out that year anyway um <laughs> yeah. Nash is shaking um, his head. One thing I, I would say I don't like, like uh, the
2: major thing I don't like about the film is uh, some of the conflicts in the second half feel a little forced to me. Like the whole thing with the uh, the sort of girlfriend that he has. There's a few sort of overly emotional arguments he has with her. I'm like, Rooney Mar- why is this such an intense mm-hmm. conflict? It's like it's not
0: that big a deal, surely.
2: And then she just sort of disappears from the film. I think like, the problem about, like, is- 20 minutes
0: before the end. Yep. I think the problem is that like, they're trying to tell such a grand story without being a three-hour epic, and they want that full um, part partly to shine a light on the the ways that kids um, get taken advantage of and lost and whatnot in India. Um, and so they wanted to tell so much of that story, and then they kind of just had to condense the rest. And but because of the way that they're portraying the the mother character and having those scenes, like we kind of want them to feel a little bit distant, so we have to have another person where we could really kind of have dev dev patel or have um uh saru kind of like essentially exposit maybe um and uh and have and and like we we needed her to essentially be a medium for for him to say things um that kind of helped us understand more and and so they just had to condense way too much in way too short of amount of time and so it does feel like it feels rushed and it feels almost it's like definitely rushed, whiplash yeah. every now and then.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that's just the struggle and kind of the, the format that you build, because technically speaking, I think you could build two movies here and like, cause I think it's lacking a little bit of the like emotional resonance of like, we get it, but how consuming that search had become for him and how necessary it was for him to kind of like move forward and kind of understand his own life and put his own life in in perspective, and then the people around him and the repercussions that it was kind of like I could see that that they, they were trying to take that path, but to do that and establish these characters and these relationships in only half a movie is tough. Like that's something you can get ninety minutes on and it can be satisfying, but you get fifty minutes on it and it's like okay, because I I feel the same way. Like Rooney Mara, an incredible actress, and honestly, the brief moments where you see them together. They have a lot of chemistry because, of course, they do. But like, then she disappears, and it kind beki- it it feels like in order to tell the story, they probably should have just focused on like the relationship within that family yeah, with the, unit. Brother. the brother was um, much
2: more interesting. Like,
1: because the, the brother and yeah, because I think there's a lot. There's they're they're trying to do a lot with like, and they don't have enough time to do it. So with the girlfriend, I a completely real agree person? with you. Do we um, know? It's still yes. I actually looked that up. Um, the name's changed, but yes, that is oh, cool. his so now married. current
2: wife. Uh, the other thing I wanted to uh, ask, did he know the brother before uh, they adopted him? Did he know him from the orphanage where he was? No. Okay. I'm just I'm just sort no. of thinking that there's oh, a the scene that I got um, from the in movie. like a classroom at the orphanage where there's a kid banging his head against the wall. And then there's a scene later on where he's banging a spoon yeah. against his head. His brother is. So I'm thinking, oh, is, is that the same guy?
0: Is that the same kid? I think the kid in the orphanage was a little older.
2: I also,
1: I think they, I think that person, the kid in the orphanage is named and I do not believe it's the same person. I don't think it's the same person.
0: I, um, one moment that I really wanted to mention, um, is the moment where, um, it's the end of the first act where like, it just kind of closes the, the young Saru storyline, um, where the, the, the new brother has come and and like, Saru is still adapting. He's and the and the parents are like being really patient with him. And now they've got the, the new brother and he's oh. just not having it. Um he is there, there he is there is Uh, this kid needs a lot of love and um, uh, and then you can just kind of see how that like wears and you know Nicole Kidman sitting there crying at the table and Saru comes and hugs her I think that was like to me that was the biggest emotional release of the movie Um, even more than Saru being reunited with his mom Uh, and maybe it's just because it's like my connection I have with my mom because like nobody wants to see mom sad right Um, so um, so like I thought that was a really great moment and honestly I was like I'm thinking after the movie ended I was like it's not the whole story but like if, 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 if that, if that was the movie and then, you know, if that, if that was the movie and it was say 20 minutes longer and then there was just a Saru was reunited with his family 25 years later because of Google Earth, I might've, <laughs> I might've, I don't want to say liked the movie more like anything. Like I might've, it would have definitely felt like the less of two halves, but like a, or the less, less of the, like, this is two halves of a movie, but. I just, I felt like that felt like, okay, we're, we're here. This, this feels like a good ending. um anyway, I just, yeah, I, I really it's, wanted to highlight that moment. moment. I thought it was a great moment. um I, I wish the movie was just a little bit longer to kind of explore that second half a little bit more. And I would maybe like a little bit more of a bridge from that yeah, first 20 second years half. Is a big time skip. um like maybe just a little bit more. Well, in 20 years of, of, of then having to be filled in on exposition and, and we flash forward to um, Saru who, totally feels normal until he sees those treats in the, at the party. And then all of a sudden he's, he's broken and there he's not normal anymore. You know, yeah, um, maybe. like I would have maybe like to see like how he either learns to cope or, um, uh, like is still haunted, you know, just some sort of, some sort of bridge transition a little bit. Um, so, uh, a little bit more. And um my my wife had um had one complaint about the movie and I mean she she ultimately I think didn't like it anywhere near as much um as I did. She's like it's fine. Um which is a bit of a shame, but she her big thing is she she thought it felt very like artsy. Um and the cinematography in this movie is just gorgeous. Um I maybe agree that sometimes like it takes a little bit away, but like so much of this movie is atmosphere and understanding and especially the cinematography in that first half, like really feeling like you're on the streets with him, just watching, you know, people are passing by and, um, and just the, the places that he goes to, um, yeah, just, uh, and and the shots of that water tower. Um, yeah, just, uh, I thought cinematography was gorgeous. Maybe it's a little bit too artsy at some points. Um, and maybe like that could free up a little bit of time to make it feel a little bit more tightly paced. But uh to me, one thing we haven't touched on at all, and it's the big home run winner in this movie, yeah, is the, nice, the score. I thought the score was the best part of this movie. That's kind of saying a lot because we talked about how how the two actors that played Saru were excellent. Um I love the score. I thought it was perfect. It was Especially that that long running scene where it's him actually finding the home oh, on the and getting to the place, too. and it and it even continues to build through through him going to to Rooney Mara's house and saying like I found it, and like it still continues to build from there. Like it just keeps on going and going and going. It's probably like fourteen minutes of just continuous music, co- continually amping up until he until it's just dead silence. That they got him the as a village. kid. Um, or, no, it's dead silent because it's it's where he sees the house. I love that they've that got him like as a, a kid
2: walking, paint. actually walking the streets, uh, like almost imagining that he's there. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say is uh, I love the scene um, where the woman is telling them uh, what the dinner uh, utensils are called. You know, knife, spoon, fork. It's just a good little funny scene. Mm-hmm. What is this? Nice? No, not nice. Knife. Yeah. That's uh, just like a funny, cute little scene with the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that. Yeah, I mean, this is just, um, I have such a, there's a lot of biopic kind of adjacent talk in this episode. (laughs) Um, I have like an interesting relationship with biopics, but like this is exactly the type of biopic that I kind of want, like lesser known true stories that Mm -hmm. are, you know, in some ways very traumatic and traumatizing. While also I I think it's just a a really beautiful story of human existence um, of a really average, (laughs) you know, I don't know. So it's just exactly the, like my type of movie when I was like watching and I was like, man, this movie is tailor-made for Nash. Like, it just is <laughs> like, I love this. Like, I know, I understand that it's saccharine at times. And, but I think that is kind of the point, you know, <laughs> you
0: know, this, this so, movie is soul food. It is, feel good. it is yeah. just like, it, it is optimism and, um, and hope. And even, even like when you see him struggling, like, you know, and partly because we know how how it's going to end, right? Because the we know eventually he's going to find it. But, like, we have to see him suffer. And it's going to – it should make that pay off a little bit better. But, like, yeah, this is – it's just good, warm-hearted storytelling that also has a pretty dark undertone, you know, with the – you know, that it says, like, 80,000 kids in India go missing every year. And it's just like, Is that true? Shoot, um, did, you, did you read but that? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's in, it was right? The, I yeah, missed that. Yeah. It, it, it feels like the filmmakers were either making this film like to be an advocate oh, it, for a specific organization um, or did, did, did they really wanted to shine is light. I think in
2: it? the end credits, I, I think I may have turned away and yes, done, gone to do something credits. else. Yep. I'm going to have to check that.
0: Yeah. It's in the end credits where it just says that, but it really almost feels like it really almost feels like the, the movie. And I, f- I feel like they might've donated proceeds, some of the proceeds to a place, but it really feels like the film feel- for the filmmakers wanted to tell this story Mostly as the method, and that's why I think that first part is half the movie because they mostly yeah. wanted to shine a light on, um, yeah, hey, this is getting... happening. <laughs> well, yeah. also how terrifying yeah. an experience um, it is! Well, and them, that's actually one
1: of the elements in a country as crowded as India. Yeah. That's actually one of the elements that I like. I specifically really enjoy too, where it's like all along the steps of like of him being lost and everywhere he goes it like there, there's a few times where it like temporarily feels like he's safe and then he's not, and he's temporarily safe and he's not. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it kind of shows you the machinations at play where there's all these kind of groups of people. Like he's never really safe. Even when he finally gets to the orphanage, he's still kind of being treated poorly. And like the, like these lost children are kind of the means of other people. Like the girl who takes him in, they like clearly want him for something. Um, that dude who is super creepy and I don't know. I, I thought that that was really, it's really compelling because he's just, you know, it, it just, it just shows that there's no, there's really no relief. And especially for like a, you're like a little kid and you're having to learn the ropes of like, Oh, I'm not safe here. I'm not safe here. I, I just thought that was incredibly poignant. That's what I mean when like that first half of that movie, I genuinely think is perfect. Yeah. It,
2: it's harrowing. It really gives you a great window into how terrifying that would be in a country as so, crowded as India to be completely lost.
0: And not even speak the same language yeah. as the people uh, that I are was, in that area. I was one hundred percent riding on five stars up until the time t- t- the time jump. Yeah, um, and I think I land on like four. Yeah. I think I might be the same Yeah, girl. That's yeah. where I'm at. Just a little, little bit of loss of momentum in the second half. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and ultimately, like 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 kind of Nash said, I think this is just a good a good a good movie that like feels good to the soul and feels like a little bit lesser known of a movie that feels like you know, um, like such, such an accomplishment, such an achievement, um, more movies like this, please. And, um, and, but also one of those movies like Nash said that like, I don't know that my wife will ever watch this one again. Um, I don't know that I will watch it a lot, but I definitely see myself watching it more. I could, I could see myself popping it on just until the time jump many times. Um, but yeah, ultimately like this, this you said you've seen it two or three times in your in, in since it came out in 2016 both you did and now you like maybe you've seen it too many times i'm like yeah this is like a two or three times and when like i say something like that lifetime. i don't think
1: that that's like a that's like a negative thing on no. movies i think there's some movies that are like this is dramatic and emotional and i'm in it and i don't need to feel that again because i've experienced it and it's very good but yes. i don't want to put myself to that again <laughs>
0: Right. Well, that's what it's like. I feel like that first half I could watch a million times. But the, as far as like sitting down and, and watching the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a difficult, brutal watch, uh, but is also really hopeful and optimistic. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I feel like it's a uh, it, it's a, you know, a feel
2: good film. Well, certainly the ending is it, it is
0: a yes. Y- yeah. Yeah. But it's a it's a yeah. It's not one I need to see a ton. Um, Let's move on to the B plot. We thought um five minutes before starting that uh with the release of flaming hot it might be fun to talk about a couple other movies uh that if they got announced that were like about this that could be really interesting um something that uh uh something that like if they were to announce a movie like similar to you know we mentioned air um we we talked we talked about the founder before this like movies that are like that could be announced about like this particular product. It's a product biopic is kind of the way we said it. I'm phrasing this as oddball biopics wishlist. Uh, meaning like it's not a new, it's not a musician. It's not a a person necessarily, unless it's about a person's relationship with a product, kind of like the Tetris movie earlier this year, or uh, even um, uh, the Blackberry that we mentioned earlier. Uh, I think any of these kind of count in those oddball biopics uh, movies. Um, so. Uh, because of high fidelity, we said, let's do a t- let's let's come up with a list of five. Um, and I'm really happy with at le- two of mine. Uh, and then there's three of mine that I'm like kind of a little off the rails with, but that's fine. Um, we'll go in an order. Um, I'll start. Let's go, uh, let's go reverse order on my screen. Um, we'll go me, then uh, John the Nash, just one at a time. This isn't ranked or anything. It's not a best ever challenge, but we just have our list of five. Um, I'll start with this one because I picked this one and I thought it would be really funny. Although I think actually after mentioning it, I think this other one would be better. But I just thought like it might be really interesting to kind of be in the conversations on um, like these big sports um, uh, like major changes to some big sports teams that have happened recently. And so the example that I gave was like, um, the Washington Redskins chasing the, changing their name, um, from that to Washington football team. And eventually it's commanders now. Right. But they're being the commanders was apparently already trademarked or something like that. So they might be in hot water again soon. Something, I don't know. Uh, Probably somebody just trademarked it because they heard a rumor and they're just wanting a payout. Um, (laughs) So, uh, and then John had the incredible joke to call it Washington football movie, which was amazing. Um, so I, th- I thought like you could do the same thing with the Cleveland guardians. Like, um, uh, so that's like my first pick. I don't know how exciting it is, but like, maybe there's some really exciting behind the scenes stuff there, or just any of the, I thought any of these teams that have had to rebrand recently, um, or even like, uh, I, I just picked the Cleveland guardians. You're changing their name. Cause changing a name to a, to a to a sports um team one that's been around for a while like that's a big deal so um but you could you could take um you know uh the the Expos moving from Canada to being the Angels in Anaheim you could take uh um you you could have a you could have a movie about the three different hockey teams that were in Atlanta at one point and then got relocated each time um you know just uh there's plenty of different stuff you could do i just i picked the Guardians cuz maybe there's some fun Riveting behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know.
2: No, no idea. Maybe. There, there was a movie about the the Indians. Um, I John? Think, wasn't there? Yeah, Major League. That was it. Was Major that League? Mm-hmm. No, okay. Major League 1 and 2. Okay, so a true story about that team, maybe. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so my first pick. What's your pick, John? My What's your first, first pick? Um, is the XFL, the which was a completely failed uh, amateur, well, not amateur, but sort of mm. lower-level uh, American football league. Uh, that only had one season uh, there's a documentary about it on uh, disney plus was where i learned about it and um, basically the idea was that it was going to be like a uh, more extreme version of uh, american football There was gonna be like uh, no safety rules or something and um, it was gonna be a lot more tackling a lot more violent uh, but what they didn't realize is that didn't actually make it more interesting and the standard of the play was so poor It just made a lot of games, like, really boring. And I think another problem was there was supposed to be, like, some big broadcast, like, right after one of the uh, late-night games, but that game then went to overtime, so they had to, uh, like, delay the start of this big premiere or something. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And they, they also had Can this idea imagine? of putting like um aggressive like names on the backs of their jerseys rather than just the, the player's name. Um one of the few like really good ideas that came out of it was this guy called Rod Smart had He Hate Me on the back of his jersey and that that, that was like one of the few like things people liked about it. Um but yeah, I think I think in general it was just like the standard of the play just wasn't very good and it people just found that most of the games kind of boring and it it was um they pulled the plug after one season. So yeah, just the idea of like an idea that seems like a good idea at first, but then completely fails, like really quickly. I, I think that'd be kind of an interesting approach to a sort of bio. Yeah.
0: Didn't they just revive the XFL? Or is there isn't there like oh, another new like American it, ball if League? If that it's making this a year. comeback, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, you, yeah. Like I know there's like St. Louis has a team, like oh, the Battlehawks.
1: Oh, I think, yeah, it's like indoor. I, I do not know
0: if it, if it was a revival. Yeah, XFL. I'm sure it's changed a little bit, but yeah, I don't, maybe, I don't maybe know that that's going to fail as well. I don't
2: know. Yeah, just just the idea of a thing, just the somebody mm-hmm. coming up with an idea that just fails. I think would, would be an interesting sort of idea.
0: Sure, sure. It'd be like if Air, if Michael Jordan <laughs> signs with Adidas yeah. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nash. What's your first
1: pick? I, in, in in this exercise, I'm kind of like using it from the perspective of the perfect writer got a hold of it because I because like in thinking yeah. of a lot of examples of this type of thing, I'm just like. I don't know how com- how compelling the story of Facebook actually is or if Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher made the social network incredibly compelling. So that's kind mm-hmm. of my my idea and it's a little bit unfortunate, but I'm going to use it. I'm going to use a more specific example of something you said, Aaron, because it was my it was my example of where we're all doing sporting right at the beginning. But the how a team decides to move and I'm specifically thinking of in in conjunction with the Oakland Athletics Mm-hmm. moving to the to moving to Las Vegas, I think a story particularly because we have Moneyball, which by many people is considered the best baseball movie and there's so much interesting and in, there's so many interesting elements to a really historic franchise, a franchise that has had some of the premier power hitters through the steroid era, and they had World Series runs where they were there three years in a row, and there's so much history for that team. And all of a sudden, in like a in like an instant, a few years ago they were in the playoffs. A few years ago they had incredible players on their team, and now they are historically bad, one of the worst teams in the history of North American sports. Like we're wondering if they're gonna win 30 games out of a hundred and sixty game season type scenario. It's crazy. And so the idea of kind of it doesn't have to be about that, but it's inspired by that. Like the politics going on behind the scenes to move this. Billion-dollar industry from Oakland institution of Oakland, California to Las Vegas. I think that would be interesting. Um, like the behind-the-scenes machinations.
0: Yeah, okay. I did think about it's that. Sequel to Moneyball would be ball, really basically. interesting. Um, yeah. uh, yes, kind of. Well, I'd be down for Genuinely. that. Moneyball <laughs> is incredible. Yeah, I also kind of like, frame this with like you have to have the right creative mind behind it. So like, I was thinking again, like if this is if my Cleveland Guardians one is uh. It is is about the conversations that people have? About. Like, I I I was thinking Sorkin because the Moneyball scenes where they where they're drafting is just like you know, um, are throwing names on the board. Like that guy, he can't. He's like, what does he do, do? He gets on base. Like I think that would be kind of the like I like if they can make a whole it movie a out of World series. Like that, then great, he yeah. won a World Series, which they did. Called Moneyball system.
2: No, he didn't know. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, that was it. The Red Sox uh, what, used Red the same Sox. system, and they they won a World Series. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, because that's what it says yes, at the I end. Because Billy Bean yep. was offered the Red Sox role, Red Sox eventually run in 2018. So, um, yeah. Um, now it helps when you have players like Mookie Betts. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, Oakland hasn't okay, won right. in, in a while. Um, but yeah, you're right, especially to Nash, because it's like you know, Athletics had like Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, uh, the Bash Mark McGuire brothers. for a bit, right? The yeah, Bash like- Brothers. Is- they were. They had. They had. Uh, they had Jason Giambi, you know, um, as Moneyball points out, and Zach Greinke. and um, no, I mean it's like it's, I said,
1: as recently as I think it was 20- Zito, man, 2018, 2019. They had all these guys that are on other teams right now, and they're the best player on the other teams, and they were in playoffs. They were making push. They just couldn't seal the deal, and the owner is a huge POS and mm-hmm. hates the city of Oakland. Um, and he's one of the wealthier owners in sports, and he's
0: the cheapest owner no, somehow. So, sucks. Um, I'm gonna give one of my screwball ones out there. Um, that I just cute. had an idea. Huh? <laughs> I have one too. So, go ahead. okay. I just, I'll bury him. I'll bury it here. Like, I'll stagger him. Um, I, I'll save my best one for last. Um, the one that I immediately thought of. I um i thought it would be really fun to have like a comedy um about like the people that come up with the weird different flavors of mountain dew um and like the imagery that i have for this is like the 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 charlie day look with all the pinups on the wall <laughs> like <laughs> i from that it's always sunny in philadelphia meme. like to just like what can we do now what coconut and pineapple whatever you know just like you know let's see if it works because like it just feels like like their Mountain Dew came out and then there was like Code Red, Code Red and Livewire. Um and th- and then it just seemed like they did Voltage. And those have kind of stayed. And then obviously Diet as well. Um uh, then like White Out and Blackout kind of came and went, and then Baja Blast came, but it's Taco Bell exclusive. And then they try and then like they tried putting it in stores and it just isn't good in the store stuff and then they came out with like those different variations of Baja whatever and it seems like they're coming out with a new flavor every month and it's like what is happening here so I'm just I'm just wanting like a you know <laughs> cocaine infused Charlie Day starring Mountain Dew um, if flavor they, that, they would have, to have Tom
2: Cruise come in and have a cameo and just say did you order the code red <laughs> yeah
0: so all right. <laughs>
1: It's kind of surprising how similar hours are so far,
0: but go ahead. Well, it just feels like the Mountain Dew's one; they're just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks and what sells, and none none of it's lasted long, right? The, I mean, they brought back Blackout, which was great because I loved Blackout, and they've brought back Baja Blast every now and then. But like the last time a flavor stuck has been Voltage, I think, and they come out with Game Fuel every now and then; it's always terrible. uh, this is hey, a pretty John, broad what's your idea,
2: this. This is um like the idea that video games had like a compelling storyline. Like who who came up with that idea like first? Because like for a long time, video games were just like one screen that you played on an arcade or something like Asteroids or Pac-Man or something. And then it became like uh, an ongoing sort of thing, like adventure sort of thing like Mario. But then they also, then they came up with this idea like maybe late 80s or something that you could have an ongoing story of like you were actually playing as an actual character in a story. And that was developing as you were progressing through the game. Like, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to see like the process of like, who came up with that as an idea, like the idea of cutscenes and then voice acting and, you know, fans starting to debate about, you know, the motivations of characters in video games or something, you know, basically the, the transition from video games just being a thing mm-hmm. that you played into like, it being like a, an interactive movie sort of thing. Like there's games like The Last of Us Now, where people are actually more interested in the story than they are in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. and. hmm it could be, like, a, sort of something you'd have to, like, follow, like, various video game companies across, like, probably about 30 years or so, like, starting out with, like, um, I don't even know what the first game was to have, like, a story, but, uh, like, maybe, like, Zelda with Nintendo, where the story's just explained in the manual and there's a little bit at the beginning and then a little bit at the end, you yeah.
0: I mean, like it Super Mario really. Brothers has a story. It's only the first one doesn't it? save the princess. No. Not with right. like
2: character development. But yeah, you could see like the progress <laughs> right, right, right. over like uh, thirty years or so into it, like basically becoming like a movie.
0: I have a, I have something that I think like could my my big pick um, is is kind of thinking along the same lines that could maybe work well.
1: Nash, uh, what's your what's your second pick? Um, well, this is this is why it's really funny because this is the this is my like insane one. It's really dumb. Cause it's so niche to me and nobody would watch this, but do you know what liquid death is The Yeah. Water, sparkling water. So like it exploded into my life like 18 months ago, a year and a half ago. And now it's, that's why it was so crazy when you said your Mountain Dew thing, because I was like, did we both do these like drink based Um the, from what I've like done, it's really interesting. The perspective, I think it's kind of the whole water industry as a whole is really fascinating and the idea of like this the sophistication around water and the different types of sparkling water and people being like kind of sticking their nose up to certain to certain types in a world where like it's the maybe the number one and most important thing that we can ingest in it, <laughs> that we can like to survive um, I don't know it's just really fascinating so I, I was like kind of examining the interest or the insanity of this like water industry through the lens of this s- sparkling water company that is, was originally designed because they wanted their cans to kind of look like beers, but they're not, you know, <laughs> it's just, right. it, yeah, it's wild. Um So I just, I don't know. There's, I, so there's like layers there if you want to just talk about the company, fine, that can be probably like a co- comedy, like flame and hot or whatever. But if you actually wanted to get into like the narrative of, the commodification of our most needed resource on planet. That's interesting. So
0: that's kind of what I was, that's my like weird one. <laughs> well, and I think there's also like a, like a really interesting movie about like a, a startup company that explodes and seeing how they adapt to, to the explosion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um All right. Round three. Uh, I'm going to give my other one. This is also a drink related one that I had. Um I thought about st- I th- I thought specifically lines of the founder. I'm like what's a story like the founder that could be really intre- w- that could be really interesting? And I started to think about like I think this could work in a couple different ways, but I think the best story is is to do essentially the founder but with Anheuser-Busch. And what a weird like regardless of whatever stupid political opinion you have about beer. Um <laughs> Like, oh, that's the woke beer company, right? Right. Yeah. Woke yeah. beer. In I don't know this at all. <laughs> um, yeah, because because uh, they because they because they distribute um, Bud Light, Budweiser, and uh, plenty of other different um, things. By the way, Stella Artois. They 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 distribute Corona, um, and yeah, and Stella Artois. They, they they distribute a lot of things, even though they don't, even if they don't necessarily make them or didn't start. They've acquired a lot of them or at least a lot of distribution rights. Um, but I thought like it, it seems clear that like Bud Light is is the most like widely available, widely accessible, highly highest selling beer like everywhere in, in, in North America. And it's like, I want like, I think you could do the founder about, about a beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you could also, you know, have some of their pitfalls along the way and whatnot. Um, cause they've made bad PR choices in the past and, um, They certainly have not been reacting well um, to their backlash this time. But whatever, whatever stupid political opinion you have about beer, I have to say I
2: love Budweiser's ad campaigns Um, that they've had over the years. Just,
0: just drink this thing. Yeah, they've they've always had really good ad campaigns, typically. But yeah, uh, I think yeah, you do the founder, but with beer. Um, And I think and I think either you you do that with Anheuser Busch, or you could even do that with like Jack Daniel's. Like Jack Daniel's seems to be like the most prominent, popular, you know, um, relatively affordable urban so like yeah i think you can do that uh yeah mine is uh
2: okay. sports John, free agency uh, next one is sports free agency just uh i think this idea came along like in, in the 30s oh, or something. Yeah, i think it's been in american sports for a long time we don't really have it in british sports we, we we sort of like have like um just sort of giving another team a lot of money for a certain player you know it's like you know, how you would sell a product to a um a person like uh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, like on loan. Yeah, the, the right? Like players or, are like you know, on loan. If a players for un, clubs, under contract, right?
2: basically. You know, you can only have them if you give me a load of money. There's, there's no like state when the player changes teams in this country where he's a free agent, basically and just independent. So, uh, but that's been in American sports, I think, yeah, you know, for probably close to 100 years. I think is it like is it that old? You, you guys know, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah that could be really the, fun. That how could that be really interesting about movie. idea. Uh, to start with... off with, I, I think that would be kind of interesting to to see hmm. who first thought of that as like. A, Oh, yeah, just a player having the independent choice to just choose a team where he wanted to go.
0: Well, I, I mean, I think the idea is just like that. or At least the way that it works is just contracts expire, and and either they don't want to re-sign with the club or whatever. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think that could be really interesting. Kind, kind of like I didn't see it, but like I hear draft day is pretty okay. So draft day, but free agents. I think you could do trade deadline day too. Oh, that, that could, could be, be really cool to see. Yeah, really. Fun. We have something like that in mm. this country. We have a transfer yeah.
2: window. Where you have to get your transfers in by like uh, eleven thirty, I think okay. uh, it is, and they have a whole thing on like the sports channels in this country of like it's deadline day. And uh, there was actually a story a couple yeah. of years ago where were, my local team, yeah, uh, yeah, well, it's about an hour's drive from here actually. Uh, they had agreed to sign this player called Daniel James. He had he had his photo taken with his new shirt and everything. He'd signed a contract, but there was some some sort of like technicality with the team that he was being transferred from that uh, he couldn't. The owner couldn't get through to them on the phone by eleven thirty. So the whole the whole deal was just cancelled. Just just did not go through at all. It's like a really embarrassing moment mm. for the club.
0: There was a similar story like that in in hockey uh, last year because there was a there was a player that Vegas traded for, but but the player had a no movement cause and clause, and he didn't he like they didn't ask him to submit his list of teams that he didn't want to oh. go to. So the whole <laughs> trade was null and void because he had a oh, no dear. movement clause, and they forgot to ask him about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Nash, what you got?
1: Um, I I have kind of just a loose one based on various stories. And this is one of those ones where I don't have a ton of research on. But Nokia, the like the brand, the Mm Finn, like the Finnish telecommunications company. It's really interesting because in the 2000s, early 2000s, they were such a huge. They were so huge in the cell phone explosion. And then they seemingly went away entirely. And I don't know anybody who has a Nokia phone now. But I heard later that they're like still a massive corporation. Um, And so I was kind of like, like I I think there's some like interesting ties between Finland and Japan and how they uh, interact with each other. I just think that it could be interesting to have the perspective of like, not Nokia phones were everywhere. I feel like everybody had them for like a year or two years and then they went away and to see like how a company pivots from being a, billion dollar industry and they're like at the forefront to now being completely behind the scenes yet they're e- making even more money it's just like an interesting pivot there's like some weird stories going on about like nakia and weird relationships between people and how it's still this huge corporation even though like we never hear the name anymore um actually i don't know about the uk but i don't hear so that I, anymore I, I But don't. It's just, it, it, it like fascinated me when I read the, when I read an article about it. And I'm like, this is the type of thing that I would like, I would like to see like on the screen, like mm-hmm. this type of crap. So, yeah.
0: I was just looking because, so like they were huge and um they were, they were all over the place and then they were still completing. And then it seemed like the, the Motorola Razor kind of took over, but that was right before smartphones came in. So as soon as the Razor was done, then it was iPhones and Samsung Galaxies. I think um, they are like huge in Japan, though. I think like like well, I looked. I just went to their website and they have a, a like a semi decent, sizable lineup. And they and they also still make like flip phones that are like modernized for people that don't want to go to a smartphone. I know like, a lot of older old people, people with um, those kind of phones, um, but it still like is. There's actually an old lady
2: nice that thing. I work with. Um, yeah, she was being shown a smartphone one day because it was something she had to do work on, and she was tapping this touchscreen like this, sort of like really hard because she she had never literally never used a smartphone before.
0: And then so and then the other thing too that I know um they uh it, it, and it looks like here uh they they were bought by Microsoft. Uh, at least their their mobile wow. device business in t- 2013, which makes sense cuz that's when uh Microsoft was trying to do Windows Phone and I I had one and I had a Nokia Windows oh. Phone. So oh wow, okay. Um, well, you learned something so new. I, th- I th- I think they just they just said cool well they're gonna make our windows phones and and it's gonna be a hit and um I liked my windows phone but um their place their their store was a travesty. Oh, okay um it's what killed it to me. anyway plus they were way late to the game anyway'd yeah, be that'd be really interesting especially like at that point if they sold in 2013 you know they I'm sure they I'm sure they would not be worth as much money as they were bought today. But yeah, especially if they're still big in international. Um, for my second to last pick, this is kind of one that I'm like sure, maybe that would be kind of fun. I have this kind of in mind to be a documentary. Um, but I don't know how where this idea started. I I think it was just desperately clinging for to try to find something else um since we kind of came up with this so late. And I think there's a really good idea here, but it's also kind of a really stupid idea, but part of that is why it is such a good idea to me. Um, I want a documentary about the making of the disaster artist, which is about the making of the room. Cause, and, and here's the reason why is they are so meticulous in the disaster artist about like trying to make sure that even like shots are framed up the right and makeup and hairstyling are really similar and whatnot. Like, and and, and like if you, if you watched the disaster artist as the credits roll, they show side by sides of uh, of like the actual movie, the room and the part and the parts that they filmed um, to make for the disaster Artist, And I'm just like, like, I think it would be really interesting watching them study this bad movie so they can replicate it for their making of a bad movie. So this is the making of the making of it's a, a great bad movie. movie about a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I... I think it uh, only works if it's a documentary, though. And at this point, like, you know, so maybe even a behind-the-scenes If, the, if there was ret- nothing
2: the, filming the behind-the-scenes which when I'm they were sure making it, one, you but... can't really do that, I don't think.
0: Yeah, right. So, yeah, anyway, that was, I don't know where that idea started, but I'm like, yeah, that could be fun. Um,
2: uh, John, what's your I just uh I realized three pick? of mine are uh, sports-related. Um, drafts, similar to, like, free agency that I just suggested. Um, just the idea yeah. of coming up with uh, the, the idea of drafts, of rather than just, like, the best teams picking out the best players from that were coming out of college, you know, making it a bit fair and letting the worst team have, uh, the first pick and, and sharing them out equally. You know, each team has one pick in each round, uh, like just who, who came up with that as an idea to start off with again, this, you probably have to go back about a hundred years. I think is, I think it's that old. And I think I read somewhere that when, when they first came up with it for an idea, they didn't mm-hmm. even like broadcast it or make it public who had been drafted by who or anything. Whereas now, of course it's like a huge TV event. I think, uh, Probably because, at least in the case of the NFL, because the, the off-season is so long, you know, it's like literally the only thing that uh, is really worth yeah. talking about during the off-season. I, I think I should remember a journalist saying once, it was like the oasis in the middle of the off-season. So, yeah, like just who, who came up with that uh, idea in the first place that uh, it, it would be fairer? Because it's not, again, it's not something that's in British sport at all. Uh, well, obviously, because um, college sport is not nearly as big in this country, but you, you could definitely um, allow teams to like share out uh, the best prospects uh to try and keep things a little bit more even so like you know it's interesting to me that uh, that that's been around in american sport for like mm-hmm. again nearly 100 years I, I would be interested to know the story of uh, who came up with it as yeah. an idea
0: that could be really interesting i was also thinking like you, could you do a real time movie and I, I haven't seen draft day so i don't know if this is if this is but like could you do a real time movie on like you know a team A team the draft day and like could you even do it in like a real world event like i don't know maybe now you're more of a sports person so you could probably understand i know baseball draft is pretty that's like a hundred rounds or something doesn't it irrelevant a lot um or it's or it's yeah it's so many rounds and it's like you know there's not there's never like because there's so many rounds there's a million amazing baseball players in the world like you can you know uh it's not as exciting when you get you know, the, the best pick or whatever, but like, like, I, I would don't say know if like you could the
1: NBA up. is really,
0: really big on that. And like NBA, NFL. NFL, or NHL, I think like would be all equally fun. Um but like, but like, could you do it on a specific team, a specific year? Like the one I could, th- the two that I could think of, like, because I'm a Bears fan and we got the first overall pick this year, but we had no intention of using that first overall pick. And so we traded it away. So you could do it, In a way that was like, you know, this team with all the power and choosing to decide their future and and what all the pressures were, but all the pressures and whatnot. You could also do it on the um, uh, shoot, the Charlotte, right? Charlotte had the like third overall pick the year that they like drafted Kobe Bryant, but they had already made an agreement. They were going to draft him and trade him to Los Angeles for something like, like, I don't know, unless you can think of like, like, I think there could be a really good, like real time, real life story of this really this time this that a particular team just stole the draft i
1: agree i think it i think the real time aspect of it would need to be over many years because i think the legacy of that pick is kind of the compelling element of that story
0: well i think if it's based off a real story then it has to be made you know 10 years after a player's career is over you know make it make it cleveland the year they draft lebron right yeah Um, or, or or make it about like you know some team that um that that just it all ends like they're all like, all right, cool. And it gets down to the end of the wine, though. Like, all right, seventh round <laughs> yeah. pick, whatever, who cares? Where these are these are gambles, any, and then it winds up being well, like, be uh, Tom
2: Brady, I suppose. Uh, the Tom uh, Brady, I don't story. know,
0: and NBA <laughs> yeah, that'd be Tom Brady, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred ninety nine pick. So,
2: mm-hmm. again, it's another documentary I've seen,
0: yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah, so you have it like that. So, that'd be uh, that could work. Um, Nash, you, you have you have to go, or did you just, yeah,
1: no, pick? it's it's me now. I think the I think a part of what interests me in this kind of exercise would be seeing things that are generally pretty closed door and that there's just a lot of speculation about. And I think kind of tying it back into movies, I think getting kind of a real time look into like the Hollywood Forum Press, not the Hollywood Forum Press, the Academy, sorry, um, over the last couple decades and how the Academy has been has dealt with criticisms and has tried to adapt to the criticisms and then hasn't um, adapted super well. And I think it would be interesting because I feel like a lot of that is really hush-hush. Like you hear a lot of speculation. You hear about things that like, yes, things are kind of changing, but it's not something that we get like a super in-depth look into, Um, particularly because the Academy Awards for so many people still are like the kind of movie event of the year. Uh, it's like super prestigious thing, but it's been under a lot of fire recently um, for various reasons. Um, most of which very valid, but like, I just, I think it'd be interesting to kind of see the the inside baseball with that with super old members and super new members and the efforts um, kind of behind it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think movies about movies do really well and are really interesting to me. Um, so I think that would be, and that's like a huge, such a huge part of like us talking about the Oscar winning movies Who are who is this group of people who is making that decision on behalf of all movies? That could be Um, a very controversial
2: film.
0: Yeah. Yes, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I just I'm imagining Twelve Angry Men in my like, which it's it's a room full of guys talking about talking about it in a very passionate way. Is kind of the way I'm visualizing it. I think it'd be great um, from based off of what you gave off. So yeah. All right, last picks for east of us, guys. I think this is my breadwinner. I think I'm honestly like I think this will be a movie someday. at the very least, a documentary if it's, and if there's not already one out there. But I think similar to John, your your uh, comment about like seeing how video games turned to narrative form, I think there's a really interesting movie to be made about the development of the PlayStation 3. Um for the big reasons being that the PlayStation 2 was like a mega, mega hit. Um, and they kind of like went in their own way away from like, you know, Nintendo. Like they'd kind of split um like so there wasn't really a ton of competition um and the xbox like had come out and it was like getting a bit of 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 uh like it was it was getting a lot of um a lot of praise because like the xbox certain games ran better on the xbox than the playstation 2 and then you and then you have like some exclusives like halo coming out like there was a lot of pressure on the playstation 3 to to not be a disappointment from the playstation 2 and to compete with now microsoft and xbox and there's a really interesting like timeline where the Xbox 360 came out and a year later the PlayStation 3 came out. So the next generation, now the next generations are like, you know, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X came out like within a month of each other. Um, and so did the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Like, you, It kind of has to be that way. But PlayStation 3 came out a full year after Xbox 360, which means the Xbox had the upper hand and... By all means, should have ran away with that generation, but they didn't. They lost it partly because technology was better a year later, and partly because of exclusives and things like that. So um, I think you have a movie about. It starts the day that Xbox 360 um, is announced, and it you know ends with the launch of or with the like launch of the PlayStation 3 and. You have them discussing all these different options and and whatnot because like the PlayStation 3 had a Blu-ray player as opposed to a DVD player. That was a big selling point because a lot of people just bought them instead of Blu-ray players because it was cheaper. Um you have uh you have like a lot more like obtaining exclusivity, right? And and your big post credit scene could be like, hey, this studio that we own has this pitch for this game for us. It's called The Last of Us. Like, you wanna try it? Like like that could be your big post-credit scene or uh, whatever. So, like, I think there's a really interesting movie about that year between the Xbox 360's I, launch. I remember and
2: PlayStation uh, 3's launch. when people were discussing to get a 360 or a PS3. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, uh, PS3 is so much more expensive." I'm not getting that, and it was because of the Blu-ray. It, they had to charge that
0: much. It was. Well, it was. Uh, it came yeah. out a year and later it was and it was hundred dollars more it was expensive. That
2: much. So. I think a lot of people were saying that uh, you know they shouldn't yeah, have bothered yeah, with Blu-ray when yeah. it first came out, but I, th- I think they definitely got it right now. Because I, I think...
0: well, yeah, there were a lot of people that were just like, whatever, no, we already no. have DVDs and aren't those good enough, article. and then no, they weren't. Yeah, so, and it's then, the same of course, response a lot of when people, people 4Ks, I think, came bought PS3s out,
2: yeah. because of the Blu-ray. Th- that's definitely why I got a PS3 eventually.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because Blu-ray players at that point were the same price as. I mean, people still do that instead of buying a Blu-ray, you just buy an Xbox. Because well, I guess not not so much anymore, but. Um... Yeah, it, it, but it definitely was the case for that, like Xbox uh, with like 4K players. Though, Spec- people will buy video game consoles instead of a 4K Blu-ray player because those are expensive. Um, so yeah, and so people bought PlayStation threes instead of Blu-ray players because Blu-ray players like four or five hundred bucks when they came out.
2: Yeah, it's just easier. Why not just buy a PlayStation three? Okay, should I do mm-hmm. my last one?
0: All right, my last, last one thing, is
2: uh, just Netflix. Just in general, mm-hmm. just the two sort of ideas of like streaming being like the, the normal <laughs> thing that w- the way that people watched movies at home. Uh, and also the idea of the, the streaming service series that Netflix started, you know, where they started it with House of Cards. It was like the first streaming service show of like, first of all, the idea that streaming services would have their own shows and also uh, the whole season dropping at once. Like, I think it'd be interesting to sort of see who first suggested mm-hmm. those as uh, as like ideas. Um, of course, this would kind of be probably a kind of meta sort of movie because it would probably have to be a Netflix movie. Yeah. Um,
0: I think um, there's something that's been on my list for. A while. I think Prime oh, okay. Video has so a documentary about it. Netflix.
2: Yeah, maybe I suppose uh, to sort of make sure there's no uh, accusations of it being like just self-marketing or some self-promotion or something. it would have to not be a Netflix series.
1: Yeah, I actually think. Yeah, I think the best movie yeah, would, would be, be would come from yeah. a different distributor because I don't know if Netflix yeah, would true. be honest yeah. about all of their faux pas.
0: Yeah, there's one. It says included with Prime. I don't think it's an Amazon original, but it's called Netflix versus that. the World. It's a documentary about Netflix. Oh, 6.8 right on IMDb. I don't know if it's any, if it's any good. It's just been on my list because I've been curious. But even like, there's so many things that go into that. Because like, if you watch that last blockbuster ne- documentary on Netflix, like it mentions how uh, Netflix offered to buy Blockbuster. At one well, the point. guy
2: that founded Netflix, I think, um, didn't he work at Blockbuster? Oh, no, no, no. Did he use Blockbuster? No,
0: no. It was, it was, it was. I can't remember now. I don't remember. I don't know. No, but it was No, I think I think Blockbuster. Blockbuster Netflix offered for Blockbuster okay. to buy them and Blockbuster turned them down.
2: I'm sure I read so some, it, was, it was, was something to do with Blockbuster either he was using Blockbuster or he, he was working at Blockbuster and he he didn't like the the idea they had going forward or something something like that. Yeah, that, that that's something that they could have in, in a documentary or a biopic about Netflix I suppose. Mhm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah no, that's a really good idea. All right, Nash, finish this off.
1: Well, I apologize, uh, but we're going to go right back to the world of sports because and I'm a little bit cheating because this is kind of happening a little bit already. But I, I would love a, and if it's not a movie, I would like like a like like a Last Dance era or a type of series on the steroid era in baseball. Mm. Um, and I want to get into the nitty gritty of how how it came to be, why it was happening, the types of conversations that were happening kind of underneath, like who were the people trying to influence these stud players? Was it the players themselves? Because so many players today will say that they had no idea what they were doing, which is like objectively, maybe a lie, like probably a lie in all of the case. Um, I'm in a little bit cheating because it was just announced that Barry Bonds is going to have one of like a, a last dance type thing with, I think, HBO but I don't know if he's fully committed to it yet. So I'm like a little bit concerned. It's not going to be as fully encompassing as it could be. But I just think that era in baseball is so interesting and it influences the future so much. Like we refer to it in this kind of mythical way of these jacked up, righted dudes hitting bombs, 70 home runs a season and everything. And it changed the landscape. And I think the behind the scenes of what was going on at the player level and at the, the if, if players were being asked to do it or maybe against their will or whatever, I'm not saying, I just think there's like, it's a ripe for picking apart the threads. Um, and if you could get any players involved at all, I think it'd be fascinating to kind of go into the behind the scenes of how to cheat at a professional level for
0: so long. And like it be a gray area. <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool. Mm. I that that se- th-
0: I mean that season of Maguire and Sosa going at it with June, with Ken Griffey Jr. in the mix there for a little bit it was like that's riveting stuff, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm just like like just breaking down like over the over like I said over like a last dance era of that mm-hmm. era of baseball and the different figures and the people. And then somebody like Ken Griffey Jr., who I don't think ever was connected to steroids. So, like, the difference between him and an A Rod or whatever. I don't know. Good
2: idea.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was actually just Googling, did Ken Griffey, was Ken Griffey Jr., steroid person? Just because, like, I didn't want ignorance to show on here because he's my favorite baseball player of all time. I, and he's
1: uh, one of mine as well. I don't believe he's okay, ever been
0: good. linked. It's there's been a couple of people that like you know have linked him where it's like it's video that like he says he did it, but it's like he's never tested positive and he never like um like the, 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 the so some I saw a Reddit post that said did he ever do it and somebody a, a scale of one to ten did he ever do him and somebody said zero out of ten if he did him he would have been better in his later days <laughs> like yep. okay. Uh, okay. that's you know, he had a really yeah. really miserable end to his career so unfortunately. Um, well, his career as a player. He's done well as a man. He's done well in life, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the spinoff. Uh, what's that one thing in any era of pop culture that you want to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from? I'm going to kick us off because I feel like I owe an apology to the people listening here um, because um, I have been a notorious hater for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And guys, I'm not saying the movie's great, I'm just saying it's not terrible as I've said in the past. I, me and my wife watched, uh, rewatched Raiders Temple and uh, Last Crusade. Last Crusade's still by far the best. Um, and we're going to get to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull here soon. Definitely just before Dial of Destiny comes out. Um, but, uh, I have been on record saying that the Indiana Jones trilogy to me is Raiders Crusade and Kingdom. Um, and, and I would just, if there's one movie I could re- remove from KW Temple. And guys, I've just, there's a lot that doesn't work about it but I have over exaggerated how bad the, I thought the movie was um I think genuinely the last time I saw it I hated it and then I watched it again and I'm like you know that's it's it's not good great but it's not bad it's okay it's fine it, and and short Round steals it so um but as good as short round is the the female in the, I don't even remember it she's terrible. So as good as is, she is, she's called worse on the other end. So Willie. Okay. As good as short round is um, equally on the opposite end. Um, okay. Um, so I just quick apology um, or reserve, re, uh, amendment or whatever. Um, I will, I will confirm my judgment on kingdom of the crystal skull whenever we get around to see uh, Nash, why don't you go next?
1: Well, um, I'm just going to go pretty ro- route one um, across the spider verse. I have seen it now um, one and three quarters times because I had to leave the theater for (laughs) um, a reason, but um, it's, I think it's incredible. Uh, I think what's going on there is I think that we are going to have the next great trilogy. Um, I think it is every good, every bit as good as the first one and then deepens it and makes it more emotional. And the characters are, are fantastic. Um, it is doing something for animation that animation needed for a long time. And it's like, it feels like a lot of animated movies are trying to do what the first one did. Well, the second one's taken it even further. It's not just redoing it. It's beautiful to look at. The soundtrack is incredible. It's wonderfully acted. Um, And I've been telling people like, I never really had a Spider-Man. Like I never had like a, Oh, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man or I don't, I didn't really, it all kind of was like, yeah, it's Spider-Man like this. Miles Morales is has become like my Spider-Man. And so um, I think it's I think it's incredible. I think people should go see it, um, even if you aren't the biggest Spider-Man person in the world. I think both those movies are great. And I'm very excited for the third one to come out. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm going I, to I see it in last three night. hours, and I'm really, really good. <laughs> and I can't wait for the third one. Uh, well, John, what's your you uh, guys? Um, we've already talked about Ted Lasso a little bit at the start here. So uh, you guys sort of enjoy this sort of satirical take on um, being a football manager or being a British football manager uh then I recommend Mike Bassett England Manager this was made back in 2001 and it's about a fictitious England manager uh struggling to run the national team uh the, the national football team uh in this country has kind of a reputation with constantly like underachieving and just not being anything like as good as they should be when you consider the fact that we invented the sports, you know people sort of feel and certainly when you look at the caliber of the players that are in the England side like every single season They should be like up there, like making quarterfinals and semifinals and finals of major tournaments. And they just, for years, were not getting anywhere close. Um, And this film is basically based on um, one particular infamous England manager called Graham Taylor from the mid-90s who uh, could not even get them to the World Cup in 1994. Uh, They lost to like Norway and the Netherlands and they were actually losing at one point to San Marino. Um, and uh, so it's sort of based on that kind of complete failure. And it's it's a kind of a very satirical take on the idea of being a manager. There's a lot of things he messes up that you know, would just never happen in real life. But it, it's a good, like, sort of, like, behind the scenes. I think it's supposed to be like a documentary, basically. It's a bit like The Office sort of style thing uh, of, like, um, him in the dressing room getting completely mad at the players for not playing well and the sort of ridiculous sort of systems that he comes up with to try and improve the team. Um and uh, it's also one of the last things that uh, was done at the old Wembley Stadium before it was demolished. They did did a lot of filming there. So yeah, if if you enjoy like the satirical yeah. take on being an England manager from Ted Lasso, this this is kind of like uh, another idea of it with uh, Mike Bassett, England manager. I, I don't know if it's on anywhere in America, but it's uh, it's on Amazon uh, in this country.
0: Nice. Um quick search it is on tubi and prime video in america yeah i just added it to my list uh yeah i added it to my list when you put it in the slack chat i'm uh but now i'm more excited because that's that was a really good pitch well that's a wrap uh quick reminder you can follow john and ash at uh, letterboxd some of the other places they said you can either go to the meet the contributors page on the website or um, check the episode description i'll have something linked for them down below um, you can follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. Quick reminder, Sifpop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for Sifpop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, send us a to explorer in the B plot, then email writersroom at Sifpop.com. And uh, please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over there. Uh, next week, Joe will be joining me to talk about Speed Racer, um, which will be interesting. And uh, to say the least, I, don't, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but, uh, that, that movie has a weird history. Um, and, uh, in two weeks, uh, Jeffrey and Austin will be joining me to talk about the Prince of Egypt and the Florida project, which the Florida project was my number two, most excited movie to watch, uh, when we came out with the schedule. So
1: I talk about it being one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. So
0: (laughs) I am ready to cry. I just am. Um, so so, uh, thank you guys for uh taking the time to watch the movies, hang out with me for a little bit today. Um, and uh, we'll see you on next time. Um, I'm try I trying to remember what, what I have for you for you guys. I know there's something. Um, it's uh Nash is on actually in July to talk about <laughs> waves and leave no trace. Great, more crying. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, John, you are back on in um September, I think somewhere. Yes, September, to oh. talk about the producers and yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. Different vibes. Yes. <laughs> it That was literally the last two that I, like, had to – I just had to go, okay, whatever, fine. Here we go. Uh, um, my I, I, I the did gut punch yeah. and his is, like, pure quite joy. Quite some of the films, actually, isn't it, in a way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've seen either of them. Yeah. So. Um, I guess I haven't seen any of the four that were just men. So Uh, thanks for your time, (laughs) guys. We'll see you next time. And listeners, we'll see you back here next week.